listening to the bomb hole. Bomb hole podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the bomb hole. Gonna slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice burgundy snowboard. All right, here we go again. We're back at the bomb hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now, first things first. Strogi One Kenobi, <laughs> aka E Stone. How are we doing today? So good, my doll. How's that microphone doing? It looks like spring it's spring loaded. Yeah, that thing looks like a. <laughs> it almost just went down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> That's my left. We have uh, Mark Edlund, aka Deadlung, in the booth today. Deadlung, how are we doing? Chilling. Stoked to be here. Always good to hang out with you guys. It's well, been a while. We are very, very happy to have you in the booth today, Deadlung. Uh, for our listeners that are unfamiliar with who you are, uh, I would say that Deadlong is one of the most stylish snowboarders of our generation. Buds knows knows him well yes. through Tech Nine, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, pioneer of tricks, the Deadlong, and all kinds of its variations. Uh, an absolute legend of our sport and a snowbird local. So I kind of want to start there with the snowbird situation because I know that you're kind of like second generation snowbird loke, right? Yeah guess so your parents were involved with snowbird yeah um both my parents worked there for almost 30 years my my mom ran the ski school office for a long time and then she moved on to uh mountain operations and ran that for a while my dad would do like private lessons had like clients or whatever but um yes i got my first pass there when i was three 1985 86 season wow so I got skis, some years. On skis at that On point? skis, yeah. Well, I mean, Pretty 85, difficult. like, I was three years old. Like, there's not. Yeah. And snowboard sucked ass, so. Um, and then, yeah, around, like, nine or ten, I started snowboarding. So that was 30 years ago. Got 30 years on the snow. Never took a year off. Um, Basically raised yeah, by the bird. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Always had a pass there. And then, I don't know how old I was when my mom started working there, but she started working there so we could all get passes and also, like, something to do as well. Um, yeah, so that was dope. Good good upbringing, for sure. It's, like, kind of all I've ever known. So it's, like, my comfort zone. Would they just bring you up there every day when you were young? Most they were yeah, working there from when they of. started working there? Not, like, every day, but I feel like I got – a lot of days, like any day we could, like yeah. we were up there. I was like, we we're skiing, and then I was snowboarding. So, at what age did you switch over to snowboarding? Like nine, ten. Do you remember what your like first that. board was? Um, yeah, it was a ninety ninety one Burton Free Five piece of shit for sure. It was like right before <laughs> boards got good. It still had like the ABS top sheet and just like clunky. And then, like, the next year, like, they got, like, or two years later, they got the three-hole pattern. But when I got the board, it was it was two years old. I think it was in 93, but I got, like, a 91 or something because we got it at Milo's Sport used as, like, maybe a rental or something for, like, 100 bucks. It was, like, get this and see if you like it, you know. Like, get a shitty board, and then if you really like it, get a decent one, you know. You're up on chickadee shoots, I imagine. That's because that's kind of a hard, yeah. hard ride to how hard mountain to ride. Besides chickadee shoots, yeah, and chickadee is actually like fairly steep for like a bunny hill, yeah, beginner for a bunny hill. hill, yeah, a lot steeper than most bunny hills. So now earlier uh, he called me Strogi One Kenobi. Should we tell the uh, audience where that nickname came from? E Strogi, <laughs> E 
beef stroganoff. <laughs> My dog. We were at Porcupine, and I would order the uh, beef stroganoff. You just always talk there. about it. He texts me like, yo, I'm thinking about stroganoff. And <laughs> And my, and my lady was working there at the time, so, like, I'd get, like, half-off food, so it was, like, mellow. Like, I'd go there, sit at the bar. Tuesdays, they had, like, $2 pints, so I'd meet Eastone down there and during Oktoberfest. And I think maybe you, like, like, Strogi, you're like, yep. Maybe I said East Strogi, and you're like, yep, Strogi Juan Kenobi, and we were just, <laughs> we were just dying. And then, like, a year would go by, and then he'd text me, Strogi Juan Kenobi, and then we'd just meet there. <laughs> Yep, it's in my phone. E hyphen strogi. Keyword. That's amazing. Yo, strokes. Along those lines, you got a nickname that I just found out about from a, a Patreon question from Lane Knack. You should fire that up, even though we're totally out of order. This was uh, Lane Knack's question about 7 Eleven. Oh, yes. This yep. is uh, our first Patreon question. And first of all, thank you to all the Patreon. You know, I get a lot of DMs. People ask, where do we sign up for Patreon? Go to our website. There's a link. Look in the show notes. There's a link. We try to keep it easy, and we thank all of you who have signed up so far. Keeps the light on. Lights on for us. Keeps the one single light on we have in this It keeps one building. light on in the building, and, <laughs> and other than that, we have candles. So more lights would be nice. <laughs> this is from our good friend, Lane Knack. What, was, yeah, the Lane. Best, what was the best part about the time you spent in Japan, and why was it 7-Eleven? Croissants. <laughs> were the best they're like pre-packaged i think they're pretty fresh too and they do uh, it right in japan 7-eleven i would just fill my sack up with croissants and i'd have like a backpack full of croissants and beers for the day and i was good to go till dinner and uh oh yeah and lane started calling me bread lung because <laughs> i ate so much bread he's like bread lung bread lung that's <laughs> quick like, quick with another good, nickname that's, that's a good such one a good nickname i was down Breadlung and East Rogi yeah, in the building today. Go. We got an all-star cast. <laughs> all-star snack squad going on here. Well, let's, if you get a nice check, too, you could be Breadlung. Yeah, you start making <laughs> yeah. some paper. Yeah. yeah. Oh, stacking yeah, your bread. Stacking bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love yeah. it. So going back to Snowbird, um, I know at some point you kind of joined, like, the Snowbird team. How, lo- how far along did you go? Like That was high school, and I actually never joined the team. I tried to tell my school that I did join the team. And then, like, the coach, he was, like, going to have to lie lie for me. And he decided, like, he didn't want to do that because, like, his job or whatever, you know. But I had friends that were on the team. And I think with the team, like, he paid some money, and then you got your pass. But I already had a pass through my mom, so, like, we didn't want to spend a bunch of money. So I just decided I'll get the last lunch, and then my last period will be one that I can make up in the summer. So I just didn't go to that class, like, the entire semester. What, if you're on the team, you get to go up to the mountain? Oh, yeah, because you get independent gym study. And that means you could snowboard. <clears throat> yeah, like, that was their gym class. They got credit for it. And they would just go snowboarding. So I just went with them and kind of, like, and we never, like, re- they never really had, like, a coach. You just, like, go ride. And that they just want so, you a gym. They now, just want you out Who there. are your homies you're, ta- you're referring to at this point in time? Um, Cass, Cassidy Howdeshell. Kyle Bittner, I think Dax Hardy was on it. Um, yeah, he definitely was, and I can't remember exactly, but I think those are like those are like the three dudes that I always like rode with. Like after school, we'd get out at like twelve thirty or one and just like jet up to the hill, no matter what. Who were the bosses on the hill when you were a kid snowboarding that you looked up to? Um, there was like Paul and Abe Horschel from Alaska. Like 
to this day, like Paul's done like the craziest shit I've ever seen up there. Those are those crazy snowmobilers, huh? Yeah, they were friends with the Linuses. And like riding with Paul, like was just mind blowing basically. There's like this cat track gap and like it was so long ago we did like switch back five like fully upside down, like kinda like misty flip or whatever, and like people were hitting that gap a lot, like spinning or whatever, but that was just like unreal. And one day, uh it was just me and him and like the landing was just moguls and it, like the ride outs like down this goalie. He's like, just go straight from here. It's like if you don't want to hit it, that's fine, but if you go straight from here, you'll be good. And he like drops in and does a front side one eighty and lands and just points it down this mogul field, like stayed switch and then like flipped it around. I was like, Holy shit, like I have to hit it. <laughs> you know, he just bombed that out, switched, dropped it in, speed checked, fully cased. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little scared back then. Um and then like Bjorn and Eric Linus following those dudes around like helped a lot. They were also raised by the mountain, huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they moved here, like, probably when they were, like, teenagers or something like that. But, um, yeah, those dudes, um, this homie Suge, rode with him a lot. He was tight. Um, what about Bittner? I feel like you rode with Bittner a lot. Yeah. I'm talking, like, early, early days. Yeah, whatever. But kid. then, like, me and Bittner started riding together a lot. He started, like, a little bit before me. And, like, we were... We were friends, like, in passing, but, like, we weren't, like, super tight till like, a little bit later on, as far as I can remember, but, um, Snowbird Rippers. Snowbird is just a, such a crazy mountain. I think until you go there, you don't really understand. Ice Chris has never been there, so he does not really understand yeah, what this keep, mountain is like. Yeah, I'm just kind of, like, I, I'm just bullshitting my way because I don't know what we're talking about at all. But what I'm curious, too, is I know at some point you got on Burton. Uh, how did you, how did you get sponsored? Well, I rode for the rep program. Like, I was getting stuff, like, through the rep, and, like, i go down to the showroom and hang out, and I think that was, like, just before I, like, got out of high school. But I was just, like, kind of getting flow, like, didn't really know what to do. Like, wasn't really planning on, like, pro career, like, thinking it, thought it might be cool or whatever, but just didn't really see a way into it until, uh, like, J.P. Tomich, he filmed the first tech nine video with you guys mm -hmm. so it's like oh i know somebody with the in and then i was friends with uh justin benny's older brother because we went to school with school with him and then he got in the tech nine thing so it's like oh shit and i know ec eric christensen so like those dudes were like kind of like opened the door for me to like show me that like it's possible to do it and uh well, and fun yeah. fact, our first early movies were sponsored by Burton. Yeah, yeah. So he was riding for Burton. So yep. when, I don't remember who brought you to us. It must have been JP and Benny. No, it was, uh, I found out a rail got denobbed <coughs> up in Park City, that long one with like the long flat at the end. Yep. And so I hit up EC and Dave Doman was there too. So I like, I hit up, I hit up EC and I'm like, yo, do you think those dudes would shoot it? So like you and Cole show up and I'm like, oh man, gotta, gotta do something. And that was my first clip. And like, after I landed it, Cole's like, do you ride for Burton? I'm like, yeah, kind of. He's like, perfect. Like Burton sponsors our video. Like we need like more Burton people in we, it. I don't because, think we hardly had any. <laughs> yeah. Like Burton sponsoring the video. Don't even have a rider in it yet. Yeah. Yeah. What video was that? A uh, moment of truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you rode, so you rode Burton in moment of truth and then you rode Burton 
in one love yeah one love and then i think after moment of truth i got like a f- like incentive contract and like i get paid back for trips or whatever and then uh yeah i tried to put it down and then yeah one love definitely did that was probably like my best rail performance or whatever we like to call it one glove yeah on one gloves on is his nickname yeah yeah, that part's amazing. We can uh, we should definitely talk more about that part because I have I actually have it uh, oh, saved nice. on the computer. But um, before we get into that, I I want to get into a guest question from who's actually live in the studio. I have a pre-recorded guest question from Dave Doman. Here we go. Oh, you got to put your headphones. Hey, on. what's up, dudes? This yeah. is Dave. How's it going, Mark? Hella good. <laughs> I just am curious about three specific letters. You know what they are? Could you tell us about them? Where yep. the name come from, and what is it to you today? Let us know, fool. Peace. Three letters. Stupid fucking kids. <laughs> SFK was the squad. Still is kind of right. SFK it's, it's mor- still morphed a bit, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Amazing that it stood around was the fun. test of time like that. And yeah, I think I was still on Burton when we did that. Um, so EC and like all these people had all this extra footage, but then there's homies that like didn't have anywhere to put their footage. So we're like, all this footage isn't getting used. Let's make a video like with all this extra shit and make it completely unfiltered, unedited. Cause people weren't really using like full gnarly rap songs with all the swear words and all like the dirty shit in it. So we're like, we'll use those songs, and then like, yo, let's get some like titties in there too. So it's like a clip of snowboarding, and then like a clip of some like titties like filmed off the TV, and then like clip of someone smoking or drinking, like whatever. Like it was like full on like party mm-hmm. thing, like some underground shit. We'll have to get it like Vimeo password protected or something yes. like that. Like, I don't know how well it's aged, but it, at the time it was definitely like incredible. There's every, everybody's smoking weed. There's like, you know, BB guns and it's like, it's fucking awesome. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. That's um, insane. And that's a huge thing too, is that, you know, we, we were younger looking up to you guys and I knew Dave, you know, really well. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, Simon and EC and you guys, and those like were huge inspiration. Those impacted yeah. me because I was wanted to be like you guys <laughs> really is what it was, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so, so we cool. had, like, the vibe, like, in mind, and then, like, the name, I was thinking, like, I think it was, like, a, I wanted, like, a three-letter thing or something, like, SFK, or, like, I remember, like, drawing on, like, a catalog or something, or some piece of paper, and I think one of the other names was, like, Rap, Pow, and Nugs, or something, like, <laughs> RPN, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, Someone like should we're start about rap group. music. Pow and nugs, dude. Like RPN or Three yeah, whatever that thing. is. But then it's like kept writing like SFK. That's kind of dope. Stupid fucking kids and kind of just ran with that and it was fun. I hope somebody starts very, the uh, rap how nug crew. Mm-hmm. That would be tight. It's a solid name yeah. on a platter for so. Right? So you coined the phrase SFK. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, Dave, <laughs> a thumbs up from thumbs Dave up. in the crowd. Yeah. Live audiences. I have the brainstorm, or I had the brainstorm thing like written down and came to them. It's like that's perfect because it's a great name. We're showcasing a bunch of stupid fucking kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's also something like you'd say at the skate park too, like the little kids in your way, like stupid fucking kids. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing that's cool, uh, Dave Stir was 
you know, I was talking on the phone with him yesterday and he mentioned, you know, these videos are really important because it was kind of before you had Instagram or social media, you know, everybody has a phone in their pocket and can post everything every second. But back then, like that was, that was really your only outlet to like show who you were was, was a video, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that's a really cool it's like it's the it's the it's the social media of the time was making a cool video with your friends. I feel like, yeah, I guess it did show a lot of personality. Anyone that saw that knew who we were. After that, maybe we, uh, maybe it's not exactly who we were. <laughs> you know, like we per- <laughs> we portrayed it like how crazy can we look? Yeah, you know. Yeah, but, but I think NWA did the same thing. Yeah, but you're into smoking degree. weed. You're into like skating. You're into I, snowboarding. Yeah, I, I just the NWA mean, song. Easy wasn't <laughs> out killing people. You know what I mean? They just portrayed a certain image, so it's kind of a similar, similar vein. Mm-hmm. How did people uh, get to see this movie? Do you guys have video premieres, or what? What was it like back then? Because today you could just post it on your phone. We did have a premiere at uh, Todd's Bar. Nice. And before we went out, we were at at the house and made like VHSs. I think maybe ten or something, and like sold them. But I think we ended up like just trading them for drinks, <laughs> you know. Like, and then it would just get doubled from there, I imagine, and spread yeah. around the snowboard. We community. made three of them, three movies. The third one didn't get finished till like a year and a half, like later. Like we like halfway finished it, and then just kind of like let it sit there for a while, and then it's like let's finish this. So, yep, SFK one, two, and three are some shit that the public may never see. <laughs> <laughs> that's sick call it classics now i want to get into let's go back to your your one love part because that one oh yeah is fucking incredible dude and that was your first major video part right yeah i mean like moment of truth was just like a half part yeah. and then uh and then i think that's when i got like the little burden contract and then i put down that and then uh e strogi and uh cole taylor were like should write it for Tech Nine because like I put it down. So got on Tech Nine. Well, I told Burton, it's like, yo, they're offering me this, and homie Driscoll who took care of me is like, like do it for sure, do it if you ever need anything in the future. Like, you know, we're here. So uh, fun fact: Driscoll's uh, stepfather is Bernie Sanders. Oh yeah, <laughs> that is <laughs> a fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> fun fact for you. <laughs> nice fun fact. Where was I going with that? Driscoll's Get, getting on Tech horn. Nine. Yeah. Oh yeah, Driscoll. Sorry, I've been slipping on my air horns lately, but uh, don't take it personally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're talking about Driscoll getting on Bert or getting off of Burton onto Tech Nine. Yep. Oh, and that the one love part. Yep. Was basically filmed in like a week because I ended up getting hurt. I remember. Uh, I think I board slid that kink trail, and I think I was at some club with you and some other homies. I remember telling Ethan, "It's like." Yo, I'm gonna get first and last part. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm getting first part and last part. Like, I'm gonna fuck it two up parts. so hard, you know. Then, like, two days later, like, split my shin open and like was out for like a while, and maybe only got like a few more clips after that. But I, I think I got like eight clips in like seven days, and then like three, like, and then my part was like twelve clips or something like that, you know. Cole so was ma- nice with the lifestyles though, so he could turn. A- Oh, it got stretched. Yeah, you, <laughs> you could have a have a like one minute part with eight shots and twelve lifestyle shots, mm-hmm. and and you were good to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's art to making it stretch. Yeah, a little bit of art. Yeah, those are the days. Those dolly shots that take up a lot of time on the timeline. 
Oh, that was pre-Dolly, though. Oh, was it? That was pre-Dolly, huh? Was Dolly, early. Dolly came in, and I kind of went out. <laughs> you know? He went out with the Dolly. He went like, out with the Dolly. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Once they were building Dollies in the Home Depot on a trip, you were out, huh? Yeah, PVC. <laughs> Show up to the spot. They're putting the PVC pipes together. This is too much. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yeah, better kinda burnt, though. than making fun of Dollies. <laughs> so, dead lung. Um, I think a lot of people want to know. How did you get the name? How'd you go from Mark Edland to Dead Lung? It was uh, shop employees at Milo Sport. Um, Sean Taylor, Scotty Goodale. R.I.P. R.I.P. Dope-ass dudes. Um, my last name, Edlund, E-D-L-U-N-D. And I think uh, I hooked him up with some weed, like, every once in a while. And I'd go to their house and, like, take bong rips and... They they took big bong rips and they're hyped that I did too because like dude some people take like little ass bong rips and I took like fat ass bong rip and they're like Ed Lung more like Ed Lung like I got like the lung like to take those fat rips back in the day you know like I was like sixteen years old probably and uh, R.I.P. to bongs for sure but God <laughs> loved bongs when I was sixteen dude as well. I want to say on our trip to uh, Bachelor recently someone was in a van with a bong and I was just like respect nice. yeah, bring much the bong big back. Respect. so nuts. <laughs> Those um, things will just KO you. Yeah, it's like almost like doing a different drug when you Dude. smoke a bong. It's then different within weed. <laughs> like makes you cross outside. I call it a day ender. <laughs> day ender. Ender day. <laughs> That's a great name. Goodale was from Colorado, and I think bongs were just huge in Colorado. Yeah. Well, they're huge everywhere, everywhere. huh? Yeah. yeah, that time. Of, What's that your time uh, biggest bong rip? Uh, how high was the bong? What are we talking here? Oh, I don't know. You never, oh, you actually, never ripped one off a six Actually, footer? in high school, we had like this three footer that you couldn't even like light. And we, it was like down by the river behind my homie's house. We called it Big Blue. Big Blue. Go hit Big Blue Did in we, this outer space. We had the <laughs> we had the Bong Olympics once in Colorado, and you had to go from like one foot to two foot to three feet, all the way up to six feet, and it was whoever could like still be able to stand and yeah. clear that chamber. So my Ooh. name in like the Milo computer was like Mark Lung Edlund, and then they realized like oh like Ed dead, so it like turned to Dead Lung. I was like, all right, whatever. And then Shelby Menzel, I was in, like, one of his videos. And for my clips, he, like, put Deadlung as the thing. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, here we go, I guess. People are like, who's Deadlung? Oh, you're Deadlung? And it's just, like, it's stuck. And I definitely wasn't, like, I would, didn't love it at first. <laughs> but <laughs> I think, like, I think that's the thing about nicknames. Like, you're not allowed to give yourself the nickname. And Mm-mm. you're not even supposed to really like it. At first, you know, you don't choose them; they choose you. Yeah, they choose yeah. you. It's like, all right. <laughs> so, did that become your snowbird name? Because everyone gets names at Snowbird, or did you have a different name? Oh, snowbird name was before that. So, what was that name? Resin. <laughs> Resin. Wow. <laughs> almost, almost yeah, as good as that. I'm surprised that one didn't stick. <laughs> wow. We should almost start calling them resin. Dude, whoever That's gives like out these snowbird names, name. man, it's like it's like the sorting hat on Harry Potter, and they just do a great job. <laughs> but there was like a there was already a resin. Like there was like this old school old school. Well, there was crew. another resin. There was like resin and chappy and scrambles or whatever. So the Horschels, great names. names. The Horschels gave like us young kids, like they passed those names on because they were such good names. And like, like Aaron Bittner, he was Chappie. He he inherited the Chappie name because just whatever. And then Kyle Bittner, Kyle Bittner got um, scrambles because he's just so scrambled. Like 
just like stoked, but just like like total like scrambled brain. <laughs> you know, like, are you guys still giving out names to little kids that are up at the bird? No. no. I <laughs> no. hope someone someone needs to keep that tradition going. But resin, and then even before resin, like Kyle and Dax or somebody gave me the name Slimer because I, I had a fucked up toenail. It's like all thick and green and shit. <laughs> I, def- I definitely Binder told me about that yesterday. Yeah. I definitely Slimer. didn't like that one either. <laughs> yeah, I was like super self conscious about my fucked up toenail. Now Is I got still like fucked up. I got like eight fucked up ones now. <laughs> As you get older, it only gets worse on Slimer. Yeah, fungus doesn't die. <laughs> Dude, Bender told me, he's like, yeah, Deadlong, like he stopped coming around the pool and shit when we started calling him Slimer. <laughs> <laughs> only only dude jumping in the pool with shoes on. <laughs> Good Lord. Slimer. Great nicknames. I resin, mean, I, but Deadlong's still yeah, the best one. I remember when I met you and your nickname was Deadlong, I was just like, we got to get this kid on. <laughs> In an FODT movie, if we don't have Deadlong on the screen, like, it's not happening. So you were a great fit. Hell yeah. So eventually you embraced the nickname. Yeah. I figured just roll with it. Little, I mean, Mark Edlund. <laughs> that name's not that dope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is true. Sometimes you see certain snowboarders and you hear their name and no matter how good they are, it's like, that kid's never going to make it. That's not going to look good on the bottom he, of the He's got to do something to change his name for yeah. marketing purposes. I think T-Bone maybe even said something that's like, Gotta have like a good name or something. Yeah, and it's like Mark right Edlin doesn't really sound <laughs> but dead sound good lung. enough. <laughs> yeah, Dead Lung's gonna go. Well, let's go back to, to filming parts and stuff too, because I, I love I, I consume the Tech Nine. I actually they're they're F O D T videos, finger on the trigger, not Tech Nine, technically. Yeah. Um you know, so you got your start in Moment of Truth, and then first full part was one love. And then I feel like you're kind of just spiraled and they just kept getting better from there right like first part last part mm-hmm. you had state of mind cold world yeah because i had like the full season to film one love got cut short i didn't i wasn't able to get first and last part <laughs> so next year got first part what was that state of mind state of mind got first part yeah we had you jumping over the car we have the picture over my shoulder here that was a pretty fun thing up at brighton we yeah. brought up cole's low rider Got the whole crew. I think you see Marco on that little mini motorcycle. And yeah. uh, we got dead long to jump over the car. <laughs> Wearing dickies and like a flannel <laughs> and a headband, like bandana headband. We'll get Paul to pop To match his like up. Impala. It's like, yo, go all, yeah. Go all cholo on it as you jump it over the car. Mm-hmm. And that was parked just uh, at the bottom of like the bunny hill at Brighton, like yep. next to a snowbank. Like there's no jump. It was like. I'd maybe had an ollie this high, but like the photo looks like I'm hitting a booter, but that's just how high I blasted. Who took that photo? Who do you think? Eastrogi. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun sash too. You were, I mean, we knew he was going to get first part, so we were going to put him on the cover. And to come up with a conceptual idea like that was pretty fun to go shoot after the mountain closed. Bring that low rider up and do that. It was a good good time. Yeah. Now, in this part, we got to talk about a couple different things because obviously the thing I like, you ride pow, you ride rails, you kind of ride the, everything, you know, oh, yeah. little bonks. And, but in particular, um, at a certain point in time, the dead lung became a trick. The nose slide, tail tap, 180, at least we started referring to him 
as dead lungs. Um, yeah, that was in there. How, how did that? Yeah, and, and that's in that part. That was in State of Mind. How, how did that? He does. He does a no slide pretzel rewind too. I think in that one. Yeah. Yep. yep. Which we should. We'll we'll pull the throw the thing on the screen for the part. But we should loop the no slide pretzel rewind because he goes no slide. And then he's going to do a pretzel and then fake fake out brings it back. And that was like one of those rails that you just like get driven straight into the ground. So like kind of surprised that worked. I don't even think it worked. I was like, oh, whatever. And then I looked at the clip. I'm like, oh, that's it. It's way better than I thought I did it, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, just like the shuffle back shit, trying to do different things, you know? And uh, let's see, no slide tail tap 180. So in... A teaser Benny did like it's like a preseason rail. It didn't end up being in the actual video, but he did nose press tail tap one eighty. And I'm like, that's so fresh, but like I couldn't really do like a good nose press. So I'm like, well, if I get it sideways, I can like whip it back into it. Like it just made sense in my head one night. Like we were sessioning like like a backyard rail. And I was like, Oh, it just just thought of it and it worked and it just kept working like every time you know pretty much every time but uh so the first one on that handrail that was first try like i got whipped in pumped the pumps got on bam and like and it wasn't yep. called a dead lung at that moment it took a while right i mean i never really knew it was i remember like later later I remember on calling you from a trip somewhere <laughs> maybe in like australia and somebody called a trick the dead lung and i was on a girl shoot somewhere else and the girls were calling a dead lung i remember hitting you up Mm -hmm. You're like, they're calling this the dead lung. And you did one on like, uh, I don't know where it was, but it's a rail that ends like halfway down the stairs. And like you were battling it out or whatever, like oh, shout out yeah. dead lung or whatever. And I was like, yo, that's dope or whatever. And I wonder if that's how it got coined. And I was like, dead lung. oh, that fire. I forgot I did that trick. And I was like, like, so you call it a dead lung? He's, he's like, everybody calls it a dead lung. I'm like, really? Like I had no clue. You know, because I'm not, I didn't name that trick. I'm not like, I did that trick. We're calling it Dead Lung. There's a lot of <laughs> skate like, tricks, so that's how they get their names, you know? Yeah, like there's Mike McGill. He probably called the McTwist himself. Yeah. Which makes sense. Or other people just name it that, right? Yeah. Dead Lung's a good sounding name. Yeah, it's too. a great name. There's a lot name of names that don't sound great. Yeah. Dead Lung's a great name. And I, I asked Chris, and he's like, he's like, let's get this straight. You tap 180 or whatever, it's called the Dead Lung. I'm like, all right, cool, good. It's pretty sick to know. I said that? Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Just like Holy on the shit. phone. Because I was like, it's like, so, like people really call like oh, yeah. that a dead lung. You're like, yeah. I feel like you get, get a trick straight. named after you in a sport. That's kind of like the highest well, the level thing of it, achievement. The thing right that's there. amazing is that we just... I mean, like, we would see you do it, and we just called it a dead lung. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just going to dead lung, like, no slide, tail tap, 180. I'm going to dead lung this. Are there any other snowboard tricks named after somebody? Well, wasn't there a grab a that lot. we recently had to change the name of? Well, that was skate. Uh, a mute, that's a skate grab. A mute Weddle. grab but was named a, after somebody. Yeah, mute grab. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like there's a lot, skate, though. Like, hand plants. There's tricks. Cabalarial. Yeah. Cabalarial. See a cab. But stick, that's skateboarding. True. Yeah, well, snowboarding. snowboarding. Oh, uh, Michael Chuck. Michael Chuck. Ooh, Michael Chuck. There, there it you. is. There's got to be more. And then, you know what? Michael Chuck's strong name, too. Yeah. So, you know, you can only do that with certain names. Certain names. His name is Michael Chuck. And that's a Chucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great name for a trick. He was just born you, into he it. He was born to Chuck. He's like, fuck, my name's Michael Chuck. I better I'm, Chuck. I'm going to really <laughs> Chuck here right now. There's got to be more. Oh, man. I mean, sometimes we used to call it like the back two to fakie a Lewif, 
but that's not that never stuck. It never really it's stuck. Just the back right? to faking. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be more. I feel like Michael Andrew Chuck's a yeah. Michael Chuck's deal. a good one. Well, yeah, well, if anyone knows some, let us know. I don't I'm know. I'm sure there's people yelling at their their as they're driving names yeah. that we're not thinking of. Right that we're now. not. God thinking damn of. it! As I called that it. one the Bobby. How do they don't know about this one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm probably wrong, but. But the dead lung stuck, well, and it's here to stay. I want to. I got a trick named after me. That's yeah. fucking tight, dude. That's amazing. <laughs> that's and like an trick. achievement, lifetime achievement award. It's a great trick, too. Yeah. It's not a shitty trick. I love doing dead lungs. Yeah, I can't wait till one day we're watching like the Olympics and they're on the slope style run, and we hear called out. That's gonna be nice, Ooh. Todd. Make that happen. I think it'll happen. It's gonna be more up to a rider to do it. I guess. Mm-hmm. I wonder if a lot of people know the trick name, but like don't even like know me. Oh, I'm sure. You know what I mean. Because I see all sorts of kids because they saw someone else do it. They don't know that, like, I was the first one type of thing. So I'm sure there's plenty of people like that. Maybe not pros, but. Younger kids, for sure, you know. I like it. And the other thing, like, I like the evolution of the dead lungs, too, because they kind of, once you started doing them, you just, you kept them rolling. And so we'll start with the nose slide pretzel rewind, which was awesome. We kind of talked about that, but then you did the, the, on the rail that is in Idaho Uh. at the school. I can't remember the name of that town, but you did nose, you did a nose slide tail tap 180, a dead lung, and then reverted back. Truffle shuffle. The truffle (laughs) shuffle. (laughs) I didn't know that was the name. I love that name. Well, I mean, it's a lot of shit going on. Truffle shuffle. (laughs) The truffle shuffle is a hitter. That's a hitter. That's going to, that's going to stick too, I think. That's a uh, hot springs, lava hot springs. Lava, lava hot springs. Lava hot springs. There's, yeah. the, there's the blue rail, too. Then the black one's a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. There's like two rails for that drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same school. Like one goes this way and one goes that way. Probably going to get kicked out, drive three hours. Yeah. Home. Or you get there and there's like not enough snow, melted. Only two hour drive, though. But the springs are nice, too. I got that old Audi going like 135 on the way there. Sick. <laughs> so I turn it into like an hour, hour 15. Yeah, hour quick. 15. And I look over and. Zach Sieber's rolling the doobie. I'm like, fuck, I better slow down. <laughs> like, the, the rule is only break one rule law at once. Yeah, for sure. That's, oh, what, that keeps, r- that's what keeps you out of trouble. Oh, wow. The yeah. second you start compounding your interest and breaking three laws at once, that's when you're jacked. So, yeah, like if you're driving with weed, don't have any drinks on you. And if you have drinks in you, don't drive with weed. Or let's One say, law. Yeah, if you're driving with weed across borders, don't speed. You know, come on. I remember I was going to get smoke. a... This is great advice, guys. Yeah. I remember I was going to get a ride up to a... The old school bone zone with you, and you're like, I can give you a ride, but you can't bring weed. And I was like, Why? You're like, Because I'm bringing my gun. <laughs> yeah, can't. see, don't break two laws. <laughs> and you're like, That's <laughs> don't remember that at all. But that's sick. <laughs> like, you can't bring, like, you can't have guns and drugs yeah. at the same time. That's true. That's a you're heavy fucked. compounder right there. Dread, yeah, I think gun safety is important. That's I was like, uh, I guess clean. I'll drive myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember any of this old shit. That's I love great. It. It's good. My, my, my it's crazy. My shot. memory's that good, huh? It is. Yeah, <laughs> his has just been rattled though. But that's long-term memory. Mm. So, well, let's keep going on tricks for a second here. Okay. I, I like uh, I well, like because there's more tricks that he's done with it, yeah, right? And then even the the holy bowl you edit, I love mm. that because you're on fire in that, and you're doing you're doing like nose blunt shuffles and all that stuff on snow. Yeah, and, I, and that and then even on chips run and even on that stuff, you've taken it from like a handrail to. A butter pad to a snow to a snow pile. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, like if the tranny works good for a certain trick, like it's got to be, like the like the weightlessness, and then you go over the thing, and then you can like shuffle it back. Like if you're landing on a tranny, you know. So it's just I don't know. I've all, I was always into like tech skateboarding, 
like guy mariano doing like unthinkable like mind melter shit so it's like it's fun to get like super tech and like those tricks like you definitely have to like play them through your head like where it's like okay like doesn't quite make sense yet but like oh okay i think if i get it like that you know i can whip it back like that or something so it is like a full it's a puzzle these you tricks mostly to, come to you at night then sometimes laying in bed or sometimes just like on a whim too as you're cool. doing it kind of it's like you, you know how to do one thing and then you can like do a variation of that because you already got the first part of it and then you got the end part from a different trick so they're just like all combined like technical like tricks which now, is super fun the, the thing that's also really cool i want to try to portray to like our listeners is that you have a very unique way of snowboarding and i think a lot of people especially that ride snowbird from what i understand i fucking don't know mm-hmm. is they haul ass and they like you know it's like a big mountain where you, you go quick and oh, <laughs> and and your technique is like from what i hear because i've never been you ride chips run and you're not necessarily hauling ass but you're like blasting side hits and you're doing some truffle shuffles and some dead lung reverts and some cab fives. Maybe a tie pin. Maybe a tie pin. But your, your way of snowboarding isn't going 100 miles an hour and pointing it through the chunder. You're like very methodical and you have your kind of. Hits. Yeah, not like typical snowbird, what you'd expect, like skier type shit, like best one down the hill. Like those uh, big mountain contests, like Doman started calling them like, oh, the best down the hill contest <laughs> like whoever's like the best down the hill <laughs> <laughs> solid name should rebrand be, that yeah, best down the hill rather, let's go i want to be chillest down the hill well you kind of turn chip runs run into a skate park it seems yeah i mean there's a lot of training to work with so and even when i was a kid like i had the street skating like i was a street skater like i liked tech tricks so you can kind of skate on the snow, which is fun. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> chip run is a blast, too. You even have a piece of chip run in your uh, on your mantle, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Above the record player. Above the record player. There's, like, this stump that we always used to bonk. and like I've bonked that stump. It, like, kept deteriorating over time. And I could, t- like, it m- must have got struck by lightning or something because it was, like, jacked on the top, like, super brittle. So one day I was, like, just aired into it, and it completely disintegrated, and, like, this huge piece, like, broke off. So, like, I hopped back up, and I carried this huge piece of wood down the hill. <laughs> 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 and I had, like, different slivers, too, like, different pieces. Like, gave a couple people, like, little pieces of the stump, <laughs> you know, but I've, it's, like, the pieces, like, this big, like, on like the shelf i remember seeing it being like i think i bonked this thing and then he <laughs> yeah. told me where it was from <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like i'm taking that home like i've been bonking that for 20 something years at least <laughs> you, know, like, you can see like the marks on yeah. it too like on the knot there's like board marks and like great mantelpiece been... for a house right there that's art i got yeah. a couple of dead lung highlights right here we're gonna pull up so we have this is holy bully can you see it park yeah. city holy bully no this is mammoth i think mammy Oh, yeah, wow. I felt good. I think I was maybe going to try to go into, like, back nose blunt. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, oh, the little touchdown, just like, mm-hmm. like, oh, that works. wouldn't say it's an accident, but it wasn't exactly. Like, I didn't hike up and try to do it better, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other names for these things besides truffle shovel and dead lung? Uh, this just is, this reverts. Is the, this like, is the truffle shuffle. Oh, wow. <laughs> 
There seen, is a lot seen of Gooner do that after you then, huh? What's that? Gooner's done some of those after. Yeah, for sure. And he'll do he'll do like a little bit different variations. Like he's he's Throw done ones that like I don't somewhere. do like he'll do like blunt and then nose tap forward. Uh, and then go to fakie then shuffle it back or whatever. Yeah. Where like I'll do like blunt slide, but then I'll tap the nose going fakie then back to forward. You know? Speaking of Which Gooner, I don't see people do much. Like I've seen them do a, a lot of them, but nobody's really caught on, caught on to like the back blunt nose tap to forward, mm-hmm. which I actually like better these days. That's a so. clean one. All right. We're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about spyoptic.com. Now, summer is almost here. And you know what you need for summer is some eye protectors, some sunglasses. So, good news is Spy has all kinds of new killer styles out there to keep you looking fresh all summer long. You can shop the new 70s-inspired hotspot and the 90s-inspired hangout, both made from 50% plant-based materials, along with the entire sunglass line at spyoptic.com. Best part is we got a promo code for you. Use code BOMBHOLE15, BOMBHOLE15, all capitals, 1-5 at checkout, and you will save 15% off your entire purchase. So why not support a brand that supports the show and head on over to spyoptic.com. Use promo code BOMBHOLE15. We mentioned Gunnar. I actually have a guest question from Gunnar right here. Oh, shit. Obama has Wait, what's headphones. good. Yeah, there you go. Stoner, Chris, hope all's well. And, of course, Deadlong, what's good, my dude? Yeah. Yo, how old was the first time we ever met up? What was our first ever trip we were on? And what was our most memorable trip we were ever on? What? Hope all's well. Yeah. I think the first trip was uh, Denver. And it was, like, the first we'd seen of him. And, like, mm-hmm. it was, like, wow, this kid is something else. <laughs> like, just ball of fire. And, uh, yeah, I was blown away. Yeah. I was trying to get clips. And, like, I don't think I was having, like, the greatest, like, year. Like, I wasn't, like, really on a roll. But it was just, like, step back and, like, watch Lucas get, like, 20 clips and, like, three days or something like yeah, that. He was on a kid was Kid was on a tear. Yeah. He was like 17. He's like, oh, there's something. a kink drill. I'm going to front board. Oh, sick. And then, now I'm going to 50 back three and like <laughs> off the kink and then I'm going to do this and this. It just like blew my mind. Kind of like, like okay. <laughs> sit, back and, sit back and watch this because it, we were witnessing like incredible shit. Like next level where I could tell that kid was like the future at the time. Yeah. What about most memorable trip with Lucas? Shit, maybe like the premiere tour to like Northern California. That was pretty damn wild. Just jumping, just cruising. Whip. Yeah, and we'd be like, it'd just be like me and him in the back seat, and he would go to, we'd stop at a gas station, and he'd come out with like two full sacks of candy, just stuffed full of candy. He probably spent a hundred bucks, you know. He starts passing candy out to everybody, and then we're in the back. He's like, "This bag's ours." <laughs> <laughs> it's the special bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lucas, I think over the years, spent a lot of money at those convenience stores. Mm-hmm. We went to Toronto, but that was like the worst trip of my life. T-Dot. Um, I think we had another good Denver trip with him. Maybe it was the same trip. I hope I'm not missing the one he's thinking of. Did he tell you which the tri- what trip it was? No, I didn't even get a hold of him. He just fired over a guest question. Uh, that's yeah. it. That's, that's, I didn't even talk to him. That's awesome. Yeah, he loves so getting was, in When did we questions. meet and 
The best trip. Yeah. I guess the best trip was the first one. He was possessed. I love that. Yeah. Those clips of him, he's just, you can tell he's just fired up. Yeah, on another level. Hungry as hell. Yeah. Winning rail jams. Yeah, just as as good as anybody. He had like, it's like he had magnets. Like, he couldn't fall off the rail until he got off the end. Yeah. (laughs) Like, every single time was off the end. And like, maybe he'd like be swiveling around and like, couldn't stop swiveling, but he still came off the end, you know? Yeah, he would do a little swiveling back then, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, I was feeling it, but I think we all we all fed off. Of <laughs> At first, he was he was too swiveling <laughs> a little bit. I mean, we all fed off of each other though. Like he'd seen like me doing like shuffles or whatever, so like he'd come up with something, and like we were all like kind of like feeding off each other at that time. So like, you know, I wasn't the only one pioneering like all this shit. Bradshaw jumped in. He did some like really rad shit that like I never did too. But it's like the tap out like was. How many how many different ways can we tap out? Because it's fun. Like somebody like oh, there's that meme or whatever. Like with the Will Smith thing, it's like dead long and the end of a rail <laughs> or something that. like that. That's good. It was good. And I was like gonna comment like I don't see any other reason to slide a rail <laughs> like, <laughs> except to slap it on the end. Yeah, like like oh, I could slap the end of that, <laughs> but like just coming off the end. Regularly, like, I have no no desire to slide a rail unless I'm going to bash the end of that shit. <laughs> that is <laughs> you know? amazing. Dude, for me back then, being able to shoot with you and Lucas and Bradshaw, like, as a crew, like, that was amazing. The style. Three Stooges. Yeah, three Stooges of style right there. Let's get into a Patreon question from our good friend Benny Pellegrino. Who is your favorite snowboarder, and who has the best D in shredding? Oh, you don't need to put it on there. That was me asking the question. <laughs> That's impossible. Me and me. <laughs> <laughs> Bam! <laughs> no, I don't know. There's so many, like, style people. Like, we could go Mickey Albin back in the day. I thought that dude had, like, the illest style. Like, the way his arms are, like, just his arms were free. They're doing whatever, you know? And, like, Mickey Albin for sure. That's dope. Current day, like, you know, like, Keegan Vileka, I think, is one of the best-looking snowboarders of all time. Kind of got the full package, too, and, like, the properness or whatever. And then, of course, you got Bradshaw and Lucas and Benny, Bittner. Just style masters. Dude, I'm, I'm definitely missing, What was that like, trick? We recently saw Bradshaw on the gram. That was just incredible. That lean. The that lean, lean air where you almost poked it like a crooked cop. Dude, yeah. that was so sick. Yeah, it was kind of crooked. Yeah, I call it crooked cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although crooked cops make the backside. I don't know. Either yeah. way. We'd, we'd have to ask Todd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it was off a straight jump, you'd call it a crooked cop. Fucking trick police will be all over us, though. And then worry. what was the first question? Who's the best and who has the best style? Who's your favorite snowboarder? Oh, uh, all those people I just mentioned. Yeah. The people with the dopest style. What no. about uh, early generation snowboarders? That's pretty tough, too. Tough question. <laughs> kind of. I mean, I was, like, down with everybody, and I wasn't, like, fully, like, finger on the pulse. So I just, like, I'd watch the videos that I had, you know. Um, what vids? But, of course, right? like, of course, like, Noah and Roach and Rankwood and... Just the whole pioneers of that whole style thing. Tarquin. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just said Tarquin, but yeah, that dude was ill and 
Yeah, that's a tough one. No, those guys you mentioned are, are no, those, those are actually the correct answers. Those are the, the answers I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, so. I think those dudes are, yeah, they're up there. Casey Nelson had one of my favorite parts and uh, pretty much my favorite Tech 9 part. Casey Nelson and Think Live and Proof. Live and Proof, yeah. Nolly 50180, yeah. Kid had some pop. And then Benny's part in Moment of Truth, I think, was another one of the best Tech 9 parts. Not even to say like yeah, he got know, the box cover that year, back lip on the white rail. Just that like mob deep song, and mm-hmm. I was there for the back lip. Front boarded Pocatello, long down north. Mm. First try, was that first try? Fifty fifty first try, front board first try. Oh. Bomb drive two hours back home. Fuck yeah, we got this. God <laughs> <Let's> go. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, and that was the sessions shorter than the or yeah shorter than the car ride. That's great. And then the year before he did that wild close that rail too. Yeah, that was yeah, scary. That was, yeah, that was the year before. That was, dude, he could have, that was probably that's still one of the heavier ones. Ever yeah, had. that was so gnarly. That was like the first one ever done. That was yeah. very death-defying. Mm-hmm. With like the bike lane rack underneath it. I wasn't there for that. And I'm the first glad. one ever done was the one he got worked on. Dude. And didn't even pull. That was, that the was second, never done. That was the oh. second. I guess it was never done. Or maybe he pulled it. That was no, the second one it. where he ended up in the hospital. Oh, was that the that second the, one? Yeah, because he, he did that big one. the and shit then, out of his head. I yeah. thought the big one he did after the first one, but you're probably right. The other th- another thing, too, I another. don't want to hijack the conversation too much, but I quickly want to touch on this. Yeah. Eric Christensen. Dude. Proper. DC. He's, I think he's, like, a pioneer of proper rail tricks. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't take, like, sloppy shit for an answer. Like, you're locked in. You stay locked deep, in in that same spot presses. till the end. If you're like kind of slipping over into like board slide or something and slipping back like it wasn't a clip, you know, like you had to get in lock and stay locked the whole time. And he was like a real stickler about that. So like I was with him. I filmed a lot with him. So that kind of like rubbed off on me. It's like tricks got to be perfect or it's not a clip. Mm-hmm. And you see like now it's like there's a lot of <laughs> going on. <laughs> you know, like, but back in the day, like that shit didn't fly. There was a changing of the guards with tricks too, and it's kind of where it's like there was like you do a front lip, and then when with the EC specifically, maybe you do a switch front lip, and with the EC, if he's doing a switch nose blunt, he's like locked in all the way over all of his weight on the inside, fully blind, and he ain't moving one side or the other. He's locked, like you said. Yeah, and, and that was like another elevation of proper. It was like tricks were pretty good. And then EC, but he never, he, you know, we don't talk about him a lot on the show, but I, I looked up to him so much and you Dude. yourself as well. And he's one of the best. Yeah. Like, he's one of the best to ever do it, Eric Christensen. You know, he Super just had good a, a kid recently. Oh, he did. I, yeah. He's doing really well. He did. Wow. Yeah. Congrats so, to EC. EC if you're I know he listens to the show. He's reached out, DM'd. So yeah. he's probably listening right now. EC, Dude, he was a big part of it. Buddy. Like it was back to SFK. It was me, EC and Doman that like decided to like make the video you know and, like we we did the first one all together there's maybe some other people like involved helping but like i would credit sfk me ec and Doman, you know in no particular order founding fathers yeah founding fathers yeah. And, and then somehow chris inherited the into well, the just, crew it was before it morphed. you it was before you moved here yeah yeah, yeah it just yeah. morphed into the, i mean it's yeah. such a rad name and then more people started moving too. and like Everyone got accepted into the crew, and then, like, all of a sudden, we, like, SFK was, like, a huge posse instead of, like, five, six people, yeah. you know? So. You got to love snowboard crews. It's such a great thing. Yeah. Especially stupid fucking kids. Yeah. <laughs> such a good name. <laughs> yeah. Great name. Tell it how it is, well, SFK. Well, I got another uh, 
Another thing I want to talk about that's, that's kind of funny to me. Not funny, wrong word, but I just want to talk about this. When I was talking about having you on the show, or maybe I was like, hey, you should come on, we should do this. And you're like, I think your exact quote was, I'm probably the least ambitious person you will ever have on your show. Fuck yeah. I love that quote. Like, Dude, these guests are like such achievers. Like, <laughs> like they wake up and they're like, what can I achieve today? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's not like people, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand that, you know. I can understand wanting to get after it, but like, no. I mean, I do because I like I was getting after it. Like, I was super ambitious for a while, and then I don't know. That causes a lot of stress. You always have to do something, you know. Yeah, am I going to um, climb Everest today, or am I going to start a company? <laughs> I'm just content with like exactly what I want to do, and maybe sometimes I do want to do ambitious things, but. For the most part, like, take the day exactly, like, how the day is going to fall into place. You know, wake up when you wake up, drink your coffee, go snowboarding, and, like, when you're ready to go snowboarding, like, when you get bored, you're like, oh, we should go up. Get up to the hill, maybe pull the chair out before you pull the board out, kick it, acclimate, get ready, and be like, okay, now let's go to the lift. You get on the lift, and by the time you're riding, like, you're completely relaxed, your day's been great. No, like, stress and hustle. Like, oh, I got to hurry up and do this. I got to hurry up and do this. And then later on today, I'm going to go do that. It's like, no, like, <laughs> just take it as it comes. And I think that's kind of, yeah, how I live. Maybe that's not always how I've lived, but it's a good way to live. I highly, I highly recommend just doing exactly what, like, your body's and mind is, like, telling you what to do. Like, wait till the right moment, and you're going to have a good day. But if I, like, rushed up there, and I'm like, oh, shit, got to the car, or parked, and then I'm, like, rushing over the lift and rushing to get up, and then, like, you strap in, and you're, like, all scattered. I'd rather strap in and just be, like, completely relaxed, content with, like, the day I've had. Know the rest of the day is going to be dope. I'm going to go chill after and figure it out from there. But, yeah, I listening to like all the other ones like i realized how different i am from like the typical snowboarder pro snowboarder that's had a career or like i don't know i mean a lot of people in my situation would want more and like do a lot more and like be able to buy a lot of nice shit or whatever but i don't really care about like super material things like i have everything i need maybe not everything i want you know whereas some people would like work to like get everything they want but the best uh there's a good quote it's it's better to not want something than it is to have something so it's like it'd be cool to have that but it's also better to not want that if you don't need it you know mm -hmm. does that make sense totally definitely yep. makes sense yeah yep. it's like oh i really want that it's like i don't I'm better off. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like yeah. it's unattainable, so why would I care about wanting it? I mean, it's just stuff, right? Exactly. I always like the quote: "A wise man uses many things, but needs none of them." But yeah, that's yeah, kind of along those same, lines. Same, very similar. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, life of leisure—the more leisure life of luxury could be, the chiller you're going to be, and like you have no stress. 
like who wants to be stressed all the time just to like try to get up to the next thing you know like i just accept where i'm at and like i love it like i don't want to change anything like the rest of my life could be the exact same and i'd be hyped like i'm that's in my head it's like nothing's changing doing what i'm doing for the rest of my life and i'll be able to snowboard for the rest of my life well i'm claiming like 80 is my goal that's your goal shredding the bird till 80 chips run yeah my uh my great uncle ski till he's like 83 but he also lived till he's like 97 so yeah I'd love to see like you at age eighty doing like a no slide dead lung dead lung show like old <laughs> as hell fucking wrinkly just out there getting it, dude. Some of those are like back crunchers though, like where yeah. I'll, like, we're like I'll only do it if it's getting filmed, and then like I might not do it the rest of the year because as I'm getting older, like those twisty shit like can like in the back. I can't get to the car and be like, wow, my back really hurts from. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I want to rewind what you're just saying because I got some stuff I'd, yeah. I'd like to add. Because yeah, I'm, I'm of the latter, like I'm like a wake up fucking at six, like do my shit, hustle around. Like why, right? And and I realize like in, even in my life, I'm looking for really what's like the final goal. It's like I, I just kind of want inner peace. I, yeah, that's, that's really the thing is peace. peacefulness, right? If you're yeah. and if you're and you've really structured your life, and I really admire it because I'm just like such a psycho in, in the opposite direction that where you just yeah. kind of like simplified it you keep your life really simple what do i like to do i like to snowboard and this is and in the summer i work at the golf course and i take a nice leisurely pace at both of those things and it's like mm-hmm. it, i just think it's fucking super admirable but our but our societally it's like more 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 win do the most i'm how are you oh i've been so busy like you're bragging about how busy you've been yeah. why what's the point of that where it's like what have you been doing Shit, I've been chilling. You're like, that's actually the <laughs> dopest answer ever. You know, so a lot of people wish they were doing. Well, because yeah. maybe it's like people don't want to like come across like lazy or something like that. Like, call me lazy, like I am. <laughs> you know, like I'm proud of that shit. Like, I'm like full peace, like full, uh, yeah, fully content with the way I live. But I mean, I understand that like a lot of people do need like that excitement or whatever. Like. I remember like last summer like you were talking about like the gym a lot <laughs> and i'm like fuck I'm, i haven't been to the gym since high school it's <laughs> <You know>, like, <laughs> a long time ago so yeah just hearing stuff like that i'm like the fuck these people go to the gym and then they do this and then they do that i'm like sounds like the worst day ever <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really about just finding out what's right for you right you gotta find totally but the, the, yeah. whatever brings you peace totally. yeah well yeah. i'm a psychopath right? and so, mental clarity man, like it's so, good for so your mental what i realize is w- with yeah. the gym is every problem i have when i walk into the gym when i walk out is no longer a problem and yeah that's because of like it's like a mental social thing for me oh, that, but so so that's what I, what's if you have a crazy rat trap between your ears like i do you got to do things like that to keep the thing from fucking derailing 24 <laughs> 7 so i remember there's an episode in like you mentioned the gym within like 45 seconds of the thing starting <laughs> and i'm like driving around the golf course like working i was like god damn like already talking <laughs> about the, the gym. Goddamn gym i get on my kicks i have motocross i get i mean feel free to fire i'm <laughs> no, it's sick. roasted roast me a, i mean a lot of people don't agree with like the way i do shit either no so. I, I love it mm-hmm. i love how you just said call me lazy yeah i'm lazy <laughs> fuck yeah best way to be <laughs> There's a just I lazy still need to get proud. The, I still need to get the tattoo like somewhere like a label like which would be like on a drink like a juice maybe it says like best if chilled. 
<laughs> and that's like perfect. Need that because I am definitely best if chilled. <laughs> <laughs> Chill on out. Dude, and then you get up super early to go snowboarding. Like I don't even have like a good morning because I like I wasn't ready to ride. You know, I, was I tired. Didn't, I didn't get my morning routine. It's like I just rushed up there to like try to get some good snow and like I got to run. I was like, oh, it's like okay, like <laughs> sweet <laughs> creature of habit though yeah. too, right? Yeah, Bittner always called me that. He like in like a negative way. He's like, dude, you're such a creature of habit. You do this, like you just do this. I'm like, well, that's what like makes me feel comfortable. Like whatever brings you comfort, and that's like my comfort zone is like safe, planned out, kind of like very particular about the way i do things the way i go about my day you know were you like this your whole life or was did kind life of just make like, you like this i mean i've always been like very meticulous and like things got to be a certain way like i was always kind of like the dude that knew the best way to do that like oh like don't do it like that like, do this is the best way and they're like oh i'm like which is like rubs off on people like people aren't necessarily stoked on that when I'm like the know-it-all it's like oh dude this, it's better to do it like this you know but it ends up being like kind of true sometimes like I analyze things to make them proper I'm very like uh yeah very particular I'm sure I'm like been very hard to work with too like on certain things just because you're a particular way in mind and it's got to be perfectionist that meticulous yeah. like yeah Okay, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Granite Towers Equity Group. It's Dan Breezy's company. He was episode 71 of the bomb hole. He's a friend of the show. And if you're looking to invest some money, he's got a great company for you. So here's a couple words from Dan. What's up, everybody? Dan Breezy here with Granite Towers Equity Group, here to talk to you a little bit about investing. During my snowboarding career, I made some pretty stupid investments and put a lot of my money in IRAs and life insurance policies. And I soon realized these investments were not going to move the needle. So in 2017, we founded Granite Towers Equity Group, where we buy multifamily apartments. We come in and add value to every deal we buy by upgrading the property's interior and exterior, and you can invest right alongside us. You don't have to go out and learn it all and manage your deals and become a professional investor. We've raised just under $100 million in equity and have 2,100 units under management in the Dallas, Texas, and Nashville, Tennessee market. And we invest in every deal we buy. Every single deal will have skin in the game. So direct message me today on Instagram to learn more. My Instagram name is at Dan Breezy. That's at D-A-N-B-R-I-S-S-E. Or send me an email, dan at granitetowersequitygroup.com. Thanks. Well, I have a Great guest question from none other than JP Tomich right here. I'm gonna fire Hell it up. Yeah. You got your headphones? You wanna throw those things on real quick? Here we go. Did you hit him up? What's up, Mark? It's Tomich. How you doing, brother? Understand you're sitting down with the bomb hole crew recording a Lungy Land version. What's Isn't up, Stone? Grandies. Hope you boys are well. Uh first question for you, Mark. Uh you've been snowboarding for thirty plus years of your life and you still find you still find time to get to the mountain three or four days a week in the wintertime. Uh, what keeps you motivated to get up there and, you know, stay limber and do what you do? It's uh, it's pretty inspirational seeing you coming upon 40 and seeing you limber as can be, riding stiff and pissed, as they say. And uh, secondly, I know you spend a lot of time on the golf course up in the summertime. Do you find any correlation to snowboarding and riding 
That's like when you stripe a six iron down the line at your target or you sink your 20-foot putt for birdie. Uh, anyway, hope you're well. Take care, brothers. Later. I was just tripping the whole time. That's Tomich? That's Tomich. <laughs> Are you sure? It doesn't JP? sound like him. JP he said Tomich at the beginning. Yeah. He did, huh? Yeah, he doesn't. He sounds like a totally different person. I don't know if it's just the echo and the static. Or I think that's just a uh, horrendous bad quality recording. Bad quality recording. Yeah, I was he might so have been trying to throw some twang on his talking or something. Yeah. I was so, so distracted by it not sounding like Thomas. I didn't even hear what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he used stiff and pissed. Well, yeah. all right. Question number one was you're you've been riding for 30 years and you still go snowboard all the time. Like, yeah. how do you find inspiration? Question number two is, is there a similarity between striking a six iron down the fairway to snowboarding? Yeah. Um, I think motivation to go up is to keep it going, like to keep my body in motion. And I mean, I want to, like I wake up and most days I want to go snowboarding. So I don't know. I might as well go. And I think the more miles you get, the more on point you're going to be. Like, as the season goes on, you're going to be riding better and better and be more nimble or whatever. And you said something about how do I stay limber or, like, stiff and pissed. Well, yeah, I do. I go stiff and pissed for sure. Elaborate on that for our listeners that don't know stiff and pissed. Um, Just don't stretch <laughs> ever. Like, like I, I, Did you learn that from J2? Like, I haven't stretched, well, even before J2, but I loved, like, his whole thing. His I'm like, concept. dude, you're right. Like, <laughs> you're snappy. Like, you know, like, your muscles are firing. But if you stretch them all out, then it's like, then they're slower, you know? Too limber. <laughs> Don't yeah. stretch at all costs. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Done yoga once. My lady took me to Bikram, and, like, it fucked me up. And, like, I was like, even, like, shit, like, leaked out of me. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like once we got back, like I was like walking what, around. What and orifice? I, and I sit down. Like I sit down on the stool. Like when we get back to her crib, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I didn't even feel it. It like, leaked out of your big it toe. It detoxed slimer. me like so gnarly that like shit just like leaked out of me. So fuck yoga. <laughs> so strong anti yoga, strong anti stretching is the key to keep riding if you want to get older. I think That's one day like I will stretch like when I need to. Or, like, maybe something, like, hurts or something. I'll try to stretch it out. But mm -hmm. there's been times, like, where I stretched, like, all this stuff, and I hurt what I stretched when I went up because it was too loose. I Very like theory. it. So, I mean, let's let's look at the statistics here. Dead lung, stiff and pissed. Yep. J2, stiff and pissed. I think we should honestly, bomb mole should just be pretty much be anti-stretching at this yeah. point. Yeah, stiff and pissed. No yep. gym, no stretching. You're good. No gym. Well, gym's good because it does. You can get really stiff. I know. You can I get know. really. Yeah, you get stiff. I'll get. I'll get hit. I'm, I'm being like completely like. Yeah, I'm, I'm joking. I'm like trying to be funny. That's <laughs> <No, it's> great. <laughs> I love it. No, I back it one thousand. And then the the second part was uh, something about golf and snowboarding. Oh yeah, related. No, it is like. It is a similar satisfaction to like landing a trick. You know, striping the six iron. Hopefully I'm not a six iron out. That means I hit a shitty ass drive. <laughs> <You know? laughs> or I guess a six iron like on a tee box or whatever. Yeah, six feels real good for sure because it's a longer club. Um, but yeah, I do get like the same like whatever clip high, you know. You could be trying something all day and like six holes later like you finally get that crispy shot and that's like that's the high you get from like a good feeling trick on a snowboard, you know. Like you chase that. So I think it's similar as far as like 
the way it makes me feel, which is dope. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good uh, comparison. Stripe in the six iron. Yeah, like kind of makes choice. me want to go do that. Yeah, should we go take a break? <laughs> <laughs> There's a golf course. Close. There is. Yeah, we play for work sometimes with uh, Bearsford and stuff. Um, yeah. Well, you know what I think it's time for, bud. Oh, name that video part. How are we feeling, Lung? So good. <laughs> <laughs> Confidence level, zero through ten? I don't really care, so we'll call it a 4.20. <laughs> Just to add some stonerness. 4.20. We haven't got that. Yeah, can you guys do that, that on the screen? Yeah, yeah they we can do. Cool. Yeah, we have uh, capabilities. Shout we out to Chinatown the, Paul. Who we have the these. capabilities. I thought it would be funny to say, like, how you doing today? Fucking baked, dude. Like, <laughs> do you think anyone's ever said that? <laughs> that would Somebody be great. needs to, but I wasn't. I'm not baked, so yeah, I so couldn't claim that. that shit. Okay, well, uh, this is this is whether you secure <sighs> the bag or not. We already have your bags down here, so here we go. You ready? Let's get it. All right, <laughs> days are limited here at the ball. Well, here we go. Oh, love it. J2. Woo! Uh, it's either destroy or brainstorm. Nope. It's actually a represent. F-O-D-T. Oh. I you edited that one. You did? Yeah. He actually knew it. Yeah. So you but got yourself J2. a bomb hole prize pack. Yep. Oh, one of the, uh, it was a kingpin video used like. Very similar song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But not express yourself. It's not express yourself. It was it like was mind playing tricks on me. Mm. Ghetto yeah. boys. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Something like Bill, that. Bill, uh, rest in peace recently from Ghetto Boys. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did see that. A couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, speaking of stiff and pissed, uh, check out uh, J2's part and represent. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Great part. I was quick, though, with the twos. Yeah. Yep. I was Good wondering job. who you're going to give me. The rest of your pod should be pretty easy after that. Yeah. That was the that was the hot seat. <laughs> okay, for part two of Name That Video Part, I'm actually really psyched on this song we found. Um, this is for our listeners. If you know what song it is, comment on Dead Lungs photo on, on the Bombhole's Instagram at the Bombhole when his episode comes out, and you'll get a chance to win a Bombhole prize pack. And uh, that's, how, that's where we pick our winner. So if you know, that's where you leave your comment. And here we go. Let that one run out. I don't know what part that is. I think I do. Take a guess. We'll beep it out. He's a homie. Yes. Um, no, nope, okay. close. Same way band. Off. No, no, not way off. Because uh, does ride to 3-6. Yeah. But it is a homie. And with that being Aren't said. they all homies? Thank you for playing. Name that video part. All right, buds. Let's talk about pub beer. That was a crisp, refreshing Let's crack. See you, see you drink that on camera. Yes. <laughs> Don't cut. Okay, you took a sip. There's definitely been some like ghost sips where like ghost sips. Oh, you think he's ghost sipping? He's not ghost. ghost where you like crack it and then the camera cuts away from you and then it goes back to you and you're. Like, ah. 
No, that's baloney. We don't go sip. Would never go sip. Now, if you're thinking about Especially not... Especially something so cheap, fun, and delicious. Absolutely. Yeah, if you're thinking about not go sipping and drinking anywhere from one to 55 beers responsibly, what should they get, buds? You should got to go pub beer every time. Absolutely. I think it's time for another one for me. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're actually approved by um, Deadlong, I'm going to say, un- unofficially. It's pub beer time. Oh, he's crushing some can. Um, now, Deadlong. Oh, I'm going to play the song, actually, real quick. Okay. Welcome to the pub beer crap shoot. All right, now long. Go ahead and roll those dice, and we'll tell you what you got to do. Okay, let's get it. Goon gears a six. Big money, big money. You you said nine. he's going to roll a seven, and he rolled a seven. Oh no, no, nope, it's, it's a nine. nine. You rolled a nine. Close, but I used to be able to like. Me too. Premonition, like I was really good at dice. Like I'd you call, I'd call it other people rolled. I'm like, you're gonna roll a two, and like they did, and like I'm gonna roll a four, and did like. That's yeah. manifestation, and yeah. you can do that. You got to be in the zone, though. You can't just go cold. You're gonna lose and see though if you're not trying to like. Mm-hmm. If you're not manifesting rolls, you're yeah. done. You got to manifest. Nine. Mm. Name one thing still on your career bucket list. Let's see here. Become a member at a country club and just chill even more. A golf country club. Yeah. I think that would be the shit. Snowboarding career. I think that ended like 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Zing. (laughs) Anything you need to do? It's just to be able to keep snowboarding as long as I can. Like I'm trying to like make my body work forever. You know, like... Still, like, jump around or whatever, but, like, my main goal is, like, longevity and, like, being able to ride, you know? Like, that's maybe, like, why I took a step back from, like, getting super gnarly. It's, like, what if I fuck up my body and, like, snowboarding is going to hurt for the rest of my life? Like, I want it to feel good, you know, for a long time. So, yeah, snowboard career, that's, like, my goal is to be able to ride as long as I possibly can. When you're 80, you'll check that bucket list. Yeah, and, like, that's... Yeah, 41 years from now, like, that would be sick, like, to keep, to still be snowboarding, you know, like, my dad's, like, 70, and, like, he's not slow, you know, like, we cruise, so it's, like, if that's in his genes to do it, and should be in mine, too, as long as, like, my body, like, maintains. As long as, you don't, a, as long as you don't stretch. It's a use it. Yeah, just if I don't stretch, I'll be fine. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't use it, you're going to lose it, so I think if you're just up there year after year, you're going to get there. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had, like, a year where I rode, like, under 60 days or something, you know? Uh, I love the quote in a 40-year-old virgin when they're like, the, uh, Steve Carell, whatever his name is, is, like, is it true if you don't use it, you lose it? And is she, the sex ed teacher's like, is that a real question? He's like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to get derailed there. Uh, one thing we need to talk about is the speed-to-pop ratio. Speed-to-pop ratio. You have a formula. It's a science. For sure. Um, so, the faster you go, the harder it is to, like, really get the full pop. But the slower you go, the more you can, like, fully power that pop. So, like, somebody might hit something faster and, like, kind of pop. But you can actually go slower and pop harder and still make it to, like, where the fast person went to, you know? So, the higher you jump, the further you go 
faster you go, the lower you can jump, if that makes sense. Science. Science. It's science. Pure science. Pure science. Go slow, pop hard. I think that's like uh, watching like MFM do that. Like, you'd be like, oh, he's creeping, and then he's just always this high and like goes just as big as everyone else that like skimmed off the lip or something, you know? That's something that's not talk- talked yeah. about enough in snowboarding is pop. Yeah. Like, you have dope-ass pop. Dope pop. That's like... Benny's got dope pop. It's like kind of what I try to do. Like, that's like kind of the funnest thing for me. Like, when I'm going down the hill, it's like there's this little bump, but like I can max that out. And like, you know if you're going high for what you hit, you know, like there's a bump like this high and you all eat six feet off of it or something like that. Like, just... That comes from, like, skating, too. Like, I was, like, the skaters with, like, the crazy pop, you know? So, yeah, that's kind of, like, my favorite thing is trying to max out, like, the ollie as much as I can and, like, knowing that it was pretty high for what I went off of, you know? And you can go slow, too, so. I mean, not, like, super slow, but slower. You can still go just as high. And that's, like, uh, you get, like, satisfaction from that, too. Being like, oh, like I went hella high off that like tiny little wall hit, and we call them wall hits. People call them side hits, but when they're on like the side of the cat track, that's a wall hit. Right, and if there's a jump hit. off of the side of the run, that's a jump. So like we don't really fuck with side hit terminology at Snowbird. Wow, you live and you learn. Mm-hmm. So what do you side call hit? them wall or side hit, Chris? A side hit, yeah. Yeah, I've always called them wall hit. But what if the what if it's on the wall of the cat track? Still a side hit because it's off the side of the cat track. You know, I hate to say it. I, I'm not proud of this. I've always just called them side hits. I'm that's you know, fine. I, I mean, mean, there's side country. That's fine. I have a friend, Matt's Hanson. He's like, I fucking hate side hits. They're fucking wall hits, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a deep thinker. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, Arthur Longo, side hit euphoria. But, she. But those are hits on the side, and <laughs> if anything, they're actually she. they're actually booters in the resort. So he should call it B-H-E, booter hit euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have the same need. Well, if they're built, I think if it's built, it can't be a side hit. Okay. We got to maybe have you and Arthur on a call, and you guys can go go at it. Yeah, I'd like maybe to, you. We can be the mediators, me and Buds. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be See like a what? like a lawyer divorce court type of situation. And no, right? hey, that's just what we've always, that's what we've always called it. They're side hits around here. I mean, sorry, they're wall hits around here. Yeah, I like it. I love. It. We're learning. This is this is a learning. But you got to remember, at Snowbird, there's these cat tracks that weave. Yeah, the bottom because you need that easy way down for the layman. And there are a lot of walls, and they're straight up walls. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's where that comes from, I guess. Yeah. And maybe yeah. these side hits are resorts that don't have the cat track, so it's yeah. just on the side. And there's this jump, like Wu Tang. Someone's like, "Oh, that side hit," and like that's just a jump. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because it's not on the side of anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what we call a fucking jump. <laughs> yeah, it's. In the kind of the middle or like the side middle of the run, it's more of a jump. It's a jump. It's a jump. One thing, yeah. another thing about snowbird, we should probably talk about because obviously chips run is where you ride. Mm-hmm. But when you're done riding, you're kind of a you're kind of a tailgater. I'm tailgater bef- when I get there too. Yeah. <laughs> he, he pregates and yeah. he tailgates. Yeah, like in the, we're talking we're not talking about riding somebody's ass in the car. We're talking about parking lot. Yeah, beers basically. Yeah, Dang. I mean, recipe for a good day is. Sleep nine to ten hours, wake up when you wake up, 
drink some coffee for like a couple hours and then be like, oh, I put my shit on, put my boots on at home, always get up there, maybe pull the chair out before the board comes out, maybe crack a beer, kind of acclimate, look around, enjoy the scenery, and then it's like, yeah, snowboarding sounds pretty rad, let's go do that. And then you go do that and take breaks in between. Those runs are so long, too. Like, sometimes you do one run, and you're like, wind is like, oh, time for another break, let's go, or time for a break, let's go dig in that snowbank, and then go do a couple more. But I've been trying to do, like, two in a row and then a break and then maybe two in a row but like up there like five six rounds like you're gonna be smoked you're gonna be sore the next day so if i only do like three four rounds then like i can ride the next day without like having any pain or like fatigue you know but then yeah you get back to the car you pull the chairs out you bullshit with the homies you have some good laughs just chill like just enjoy it like in the parking lot i park in like it's kind of like nobody there it's not like the bright brighton parking lot where people are just passing you and like there's just people everywhere you know it's like there's a zone like you can chill where like kind of nobody's at so it's like very very relaxing like last week we had the best like apres like the funniest shit there's this huge pothole and like Pretty much every car was hitting the pothole. <laughs> We're just laughing our asses <laughs> off, like, talking shit. Everyone just, like, everyone's kind of on, like, the high of having, like, a super fun day. And, yeah, I embrace that, like, chilling in the parking lot. Relax. Mm-hmm. Snowbird's crazy, too, because unlike most resorts, you never sit down. You're in the tram, riding. You're standing yeah, in the tram, you're up, you're going, you're riding been, fast. Yeah, I haven't been riding the tram. Oh, really? The last couple of years. Because of COVID. Well, it started with that, and then, like, I went back to it, and I just, like, got so impatient. It takes, like, a long time. because like long time. You're there. If you miss the tram, then you have to wait 10 minutes for it to come down, and then, like, it takes five minutes to load, and then it takes 10 minutes to get back up. And, like, you're at the top. You get off, and it's, like, insane view. Like, it feels really good to get off the tram and, like, look around. Mm-hmm. But it's also sick to, like, kind of chill at the bottom of the lift and be like, I want to go snowboarding, and... You go get on the lift, and you're on your way up. Mm-hmm. You know? Instead of waiting. Yeah. Snowbird also has a lot of cool stops on the way down, too, on tree forts. And uh, there's, yeah. like, plaques in the woods where yeah, people stop at, uh, and puff. That's at Stu's. Stu's. Yeah. Stu's. Stu, I can't remember his last name. But, yeah, there's a plaque, and, like, one of the things is, like, you can't get hurt in the air, win in trouble, do a double. like Yeah, Stu's rules, right? Yeah. It's and Stewie uh, slept walk off a cliff, if I understand it correctly. Oh, uh, damn, like, yeah, that's hearing. true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they were just camping. Yeah, they were camping. And, like, he might, maybe was with his lady, maybe, but I think he, like, went to go pee and just walked too far. Pretty nuts. But Jesus. now you can stop and pay respects to him, read his mm-hmm. rules. Yeah, That kind of cool. turned into, like, a run, though, like, uh, where, yeah. like, Ski school brings like classes through there. Oh, like, geez, right where the puff kids are puffing. Maybe a couple of trees got like, like lost or whatever. So now it's like more of a run. Um, then there's like the house below that, and then if you walk past the house. We call that the kitchen because we didn't want to puff above the house because I saw like multiple enough times like my it's like right above the cash rack, <laughs> you know, like multiple times. Like I see my dad cruise by. I'm like, oh fuck. We should probably walk up a little bit more, like, from now on, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Then there's old mans, and then old mans, like, you'll see homies, they'll roll in, and, like, you get kind of crewed up. 
So then I've uh, pioneered a new spot. A little, I can't even tell. Yeah. Can't so even talk it, about it's it. It's a huh? secret spot. Top secret. Yeah, top it's, called, secret. Uh, it's called Houdini. Wow. wow. So if, you, uh, if you're with some people and the crew's a little big, pull into Houdini, Houdini disappeared. So you can just disappear. <laughs> Nobody knows where you're at. <laughs> Magic trick, just... Sorry. Do you stop at all these stops on one run, or this you pick which stop you're going to stop at? Just yeah, just Houdini. Houdini, that's the yeah. new one. But Love I, don't, it. I don't stop all day. I'm yeah. not like I'm not how I used to be. Like some days, like I'd stop every run, just get baked every run, and now it's like maybe like sometimes I don't even bring it up, you know? Yeah. Or it'll be like oh a couple of quick puffs, like get in the zone or whatever. But I'm not like. I'm not the stoner I used to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Makes sense. Now, one thing you said earlier that I just, it's been just kind of irking at me is you said that you tie your boots at your house and drive up in your snowboard boots. I do that yeah. too. Well, that I is like serial killer shit to me. Well, the thing is like, you Dude, put your snowboard like socks on. Drive. This is my particularness and my meticulous. Okay. So you put your snowboard socks on and then you put shoes on and you drive up. Are your feet sweaty when you get there? Kind of. Probably, yeah. Yeah, Sometimes. so then you're putting sweaty feet in fresh boots. I think how nice it would be to have bone-dry feet, bone-dry socks, dry boots. You put those on. They don't and then you sweat the on the way up in your snowboard boots? Because it's just like they're acclimated, I guess. Mm. And also, like, my boots, like, they're not, like, really tied. You know, there's, like, this much space in between the tongue and my shin. So I got a lot of wiggle room. It's easy to drive in. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I live close enough where, you know, it takes me less than twenty minutes to get there. So it's not like I'm like wearing my boots for forty five minutes mm -hmm. before I even get there, and then, then I'm close enough to home. Oh, and also, if you got your boots on when you get home, you don't got to carry your boots inside. <laughs> it's less shit to carry inside <laughs> and outside. <laughs> I respect that. I, respect I did that, that the other day. Like I put my shoes on at the end of the day. Sometimes I don't even have shoes in the car, but not as it's getting warmer, like you kind of want them, so it'll be all hot and shit. But I got home, like I have so much shit to carry inside when it's really just like my boots and my backpack and my cooler. <laughs> Tell you when my dogs are barking though, I want those. I want those bear traps off as quick as I can. The well, because you long day. you trap them up. Yeah, I run tight, stiff boots usually. Yeah, and so it's like it's a little different than running loose dogs. I think. I will say sliding into a pair of Crocs after shredding is uh, doesn't really get any better than that. I still need to try this. <laughs> <laughs> Crocs. For real, dude. <laughs> doesn't that like rubber like sole like make your feet sweat though? No, sir. The most important thing is clean, dry socks. Like I'll change my socks three times even if I stay home all day. Like, oh, like feet are kind of like, you know what sounds good? Some fresh socks. Habitual sock changer. Habitual. Mm. Got Respect. like 18 pairs that I just cycle through every year, like toss out the old ones, buy another 18-pack or three six-packs or whatever. Well, I'll tell you what, Long. Let's get let's change gears here. Yeah. Because uh, I think there's some cool shit we should talk about, and one of those things being uh, all your board graphics you've done mm. over the year. Uh, you know, first of all, first things first, the one that's to your right, to my left, is the Tech Nine? I think it's called the Team Series. The Flying yeah. Nug. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best board graphics of all time. Done yeah. by who? The Davester, Dave Doman. Oh, I hear that horn. I like yeah. that. Live audience member today. Me and him have gotten away 
with some shit. It's like, what can we get away with? Like shit that like might not get approved, you know, like this, like weed was like, nobody was touching it back then. Like shops didn't want weed, you know, that kind of thing. Like it was looked at a lot different. So it was a full risk doing that. And when we did it, I knew that retailers were going to be scared and we probably weren't going to sell that many of it, but I still wanted to do it. Like, because I can look back and be like, we made a board with a big ass nug on the bottom. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and then the, the flying nug, it's like, yo, like we should make the size of it blue. So if you're in the sky, like it'll blend in with the sky and it will just look like you're on a nug. <laughs> you know. Good logic. Yeah, great logic. And then the top stope, this was based off of uh, a thing Dave did. It was a piece of wood and it was similar to this. This is like a remake, but I think it was the painting I bought off of him. It might have been the first painting he ever sold. And I gave him 50 bucks so he could buy an eighth of nugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he had just started drawing those nugs. A lot of people do think, like, that's my art. And, like, I do the monsters, but, like, it's just always been on my stuff. So we'll clear that up. That's the Davester's work. Mm-hmm. And then another uh, famous graphic that I love that I think it was a smoking. It's just an empty bag of weed. Almost empty. It Almost was, empty, like, yeah. half a spliff maybe left or something like that. I'm sure you were living there. There was a party going on, the SFK house, 992. It's probably midnight, maybe one in the morning. And it's like, oh, I got some weed pulled out of my back pocket. And it's just this like keefed out old ass bag that I've been reusing and just like a tiny bit of weed. Like, yo, this would be a sick graphic because like maybe some people put like a full ounce, like to be like baller, you know? And like, this is like the reality. (laughs) You know? So we went down in his room and like just put the sack on the scanner, scanned it. And I'm like, what about the base graphic? I'm like, rectangle. I'm like, roll the sack up <laughs> and then put it rectangle and then it'll be. <laughs> so that the bottom is like a rolled up sack of weed and then the top is like just an empty, almost empty sack of weed fully keefed out. And that's another thing we got away with. Who could you get away with that with? Smoking. And when I started writing for Smoking, the the thing was like, well, I'll do it if I get a pro model. Like I wasn't gonna ride for smoking if I couldn't get a pro model and get away with some shit, <laughs> you know. But yeah, that one's one of my favorites and then for sure. The last one we should talk about, I think, was the lighter graphic. Oh yeah, the lighter. That's a fucking on dope the base. Yeah. You like the base? Yeah, yeah. So the I think that Dave came after. Thing. Yeah, he did them all. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and I remember like, fuck, what am I gonna do? Like. I was just brainstorming. I think I was living with Aaron at the time. Aaron Bittner. Pretty faded. This probably came at like 2.30 in the morning. I was like, dude, I want a Nug monster with a naked chick riding the Nug monster through outer space. <laughs> and, then we'll, and then we'll put it in a frame or something like that. But I'm like, texted Dave. and like, naked chick riding a Nug monster through outer space. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Dave had to work with. He it wasn't great that with hard. those parameters, huh, yeah. Dave? <laughs> <laughs> and I think you just like 
pulled up a couple outer space pictures and like put them together and then just put like the art over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh that was quite the idea. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a little break here and talk about some bubs collagen protein. Chris, I know you got a fresh injury. What you got going? Yeah, well, Jones, I just uh, obliterated my shoulder. Uh, just completely completely exploded this thing and I've been chugging collagen protein powder in shake form. I've been putting it in the coffee. I've been trying to get as much down the gullet as I can to come back from this injury because I know you shattered both your legs and I heard you were chugging Bub's collagen protein to get back. Yeah, I started chugging. I've been consistent on it for two years now and like it will do to your collarbone, you keep that going, keep it ingesting it. It's going to glue those bones back together. It did my legs for sure. They were in lots of pieces, um, my right one specifically. And I avoided two surgeries that the surgeon wanted to do um, just by taking bubs and getting that bone to grow and getting some material in there so it could remodel and do its thing. So I'm backing it. Lubes me up. Um, my gut's solid. I like it. The stuff's proper. Well, the thing is, too, we're just a couple old war dogs out there a couple right. of battle dogs trying to trying to stay in one piece and sometimes you need a little you need a little collagen to do that and i know that a lot of our listeners are probably in the same boat they're uh you know basically a lot of a lot of baja miles on these chassis so if you want to keep going get yourself some bubs naturals uh 10 of all profits go to charity which is really cool it's a company owned by a snowboarder named sean lake so that's huge snowboarders supporting snowboarders and lastly, if you want to pick some up, head on over to bubsnaturals.com. Use promo code BOMBHOLE for 15% off. Again, all lowercase BOMBHOLE for 15% off at bubsnaturals.com. Now, do we have a Patreon question about how he's a collector? Yes, we do. All right. <clears throat> this is from Corey McDonald. Shout uh, out C-Mac. C-Mac. I've gotten some boards from him. He's a I've gotten well, some huh? boards to him. What you is know. your most treasured board in your collection? Um, well, there's definitely a handful that I would never get rid of, even though I could get a lot of money for them. But I have a 1980 black winter stick swallowtail, which is very rare. There's, I think there's probably less than 100 made. Then I have like the, or that was 81. Then I have an 80 winter stick blue swallowtail i got a 78 winter stick round tail um 78 wow yeah and they had p-tex on their bases like already in 78 yeah and like burton didn't use p-tex till like 85 production but like they made like some team boards 84 with p-tex so it's kind of crazy like how sims and burton were so far behind on the p-tex and uh um yeah, and I have, like, some old Burtons. I think the oldest one's, like, 82. And then, like, from there, like, I have, like, a lot of my friends' pro models, which are super dope. Like, I have most Bradshaws, some of Lucas's, most of Benny's. Um, prize boards. I mean, those are the ones, like, on display in common area. But, yeah, that's pretty common much it. Like, house. the winter sticks are, like, the coolest boards ever. Like, you pick them up, and they're kind of light. They're all fiberglass. And they were tested up Little Cotton Canyon where Snowbird is. Like that's like where they were testing them. Like so, they're made in Salt Lake City, so it's like full like Utah roots, like snowboard brand. Then I have like all the I have all the other winter sticks too. 
You got some Tarquins and stuff like that too. Yes, yes. What else? Give me. I have two. Got a brushy that's pretty dope. I have two Tarquin shotguns. Two. So, yeah, so like I got the base displayed and then the top sheet displayed. Oh, nice. Yeah, and those ones are pretty rare. Aggressions. Or yeah. Yep. Like very, very iconic. Mm-hmm. What about? Uh, don't you have a Terrier? Yeah, I got Terrier boards. Sword. I think. Uh, I you had the sword. I have the sword, and then the like ninety five is like the first balance, but. It was a board I actually rode back in the day, so I had to get it back, like the tan one. It had the all-black base. Um, How big's your collection? I'm not sure these days, but at a time I had, like, definitely over 100 boards. Wow. But then you, like, your stacks are big, and, like, these aren't displayed, so then get rid of all the low-dollar boards, like $100 boards, you know? Sell those, like, while... You still can because, like, the 90s market's kind of gone down because everyone got their trout and their sword and, like, all that kind of shit. You got a trout? Yeah, yeah. of course. I. <laughs> well, you didn't mention it in your collection, the brushy trout. That was an important one to me. Yeah, I mean. I even think I saw my first board I ever rode in your collection, like a Burton Elite 140 mm, or one of the Elites. I have that uh, 90 Air. Oh, the, the air, purple okay. with the gotcha. orange letters. That was a classic. Or whatever. Yeah. And like a lot of them are like Burton boards for sure. Because I was like way into that when I was a kid. I was like, I was a Burton boy from along. Like my first board is a Burton. Like I never rode anything besides Burton bindings until. Tech 9? Yeah. Wow. It took a while to get used to. But then it also took a while to get used to Burton bindings again after riding the metal heel cups. Yeah. You know? So. Just what you're used to. Yeah, there's a lot of boards. I've kind of tried to thin the stacks down to, like, the very important ones. But Which is probably hard. Yeah, what did I get? You buy them on eBay? Um, This is, like, yeah, some on eBay. I've gotten a lot, like, local. Like, I used to look at um, the classifieds, like, nonstop. Like every five minutes. Aren't and like you I would like get a bo- collector's Yeah, I'm in, I'm in, like, a private group of, like, some heavy, heavy hitters, like, the top collectors in the world some dudes that spend insane amounts of money on boards you'll see this thread it's like oh i just bought this board for ten thousand dollars or something or like they won't disclose the price and be like what type of board goes for 10k very rare like what are we talking virgil well the virgil went for a lot because it was a fundraiser and then very limited oh yeah that was like one of ten um like very rare Burton or Sims boards like Burton did like a lot of different colorways or something like there's this Black Widow that's definitely worth over 10k but Black Widow is basically like the performer experimental but it's a black with with red graphic instead of instead of a blue one with white graphics so like the colorways of these old boards will like highly increase the value. Like how I have that black winter stick. <clears throat> that black winter stick's worth a lot a lot of money compared to the blue one because the black's so rare. And the collectors want to get full sets of everything. Like I want every color of that. I want like this, you know? So it's a very healthy market, this board. And then just all, market. I mean all my boards too, like if I had to if I had to sell everything or whatever, like I'd keep the winter sticks and I'd keep my promos. Keep the flying dog. That's a given. Yeah. Keep the flying dog. I got dog. two of these. That's got to be worth some serious cheddar on the collector's uh, ring. These? The flying dog? Yeah, the flying dog. Yeah, straight oh, up. It's got to be. I sold them for 500 bucks, which Woo. is more than you could get a, 
more than you could sell a sword for. It was about retail. You can maybe get 400 for a sword these days. Really? If I had like a stack of these, I'd probably raise the price to like 650 signed. It's <laughs> 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 amazing. I didn't Love know you were it. such a collector long. I'm learning about this. So yeah, cool. and it's like it took so much time in networking and buying and selling and trading and like I was flipping boards like I was making money cuz like I'd get anything on on the classifieds that I could make 100 bucks off of. Like, oh, that's 50 bucks. I could sell it for 150, you know. But then you're networking with all these people trying to find buyers and it took a lot of time. Like I definitely kind of like regret time spent doing that, ignoring <laughs> my family. Oh, really? Yeah. You were so deep in it. Yeah, because like these deals will take, you know, you'll be typing with somebody for like a long time and then you'll be typing with them the next day to like seal the deal and then like all sorts of shit, you know, like wow. I ignored people and I feel bad for it. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like, it's all I cared about. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not all I cared about, but I was deep in it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting, like, everything I ever wanted, plus some. And then, so it's like, I'm content with what I got, whittling it away. But I'm keeping all the important ones for sure. That's dope. That's killer. Now, I think it would be cool to change gears into some some mental health type of stuff, you know? I yeah. Know, I know you've yep. you've battled some stuff here and there, and... Mm -hmm. And you probably got a good take on some of this type of stuff. Yeah, and I think it tends to happen in males, like, from, I read, like, 25 to 30 years old, like, when life starts getting, like, more serious, you know, and, like, you get more stressed out and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, I don't think snowboarding was, like, the cause, but, like, pro snowboarding and, like, everything that fucks with your head, like, is not good like for mental health like maybe for some people i'm sure you've gone through crazy anxiety because of like sponsors and video parts and like this or like maybe you lost a sponsor and it like fucks with your head and then the fame coming off of the fame like that fucks with your head so i think like around like 25 like i started kind of like going downhill till i was like maybe 30 and i was like partying a lot and i finally realized i'm like yo like something's not right like this isn't good so and I was like, I was thinking I just needed Xanax or something. Um, so I went to this doctor, filled out all these questions, answered them honestly. I'm like, so can I get some Xanax? Like, I'm freaking out. You know, it's like, um, I can't because uh, everything you answered, like, points all to bipolar disorder. And I was like, I was basically, like, thinking, like, dude, fuck you. Like, I'm not bipolar. Because like, I thought bipolar meant kind of, like, schizophrenic, like, split personality. Which, I mean, bipolar, you have you have two moods, you know. And then I researched it, and I'm like, wow, like I am. You get, um, you get like, over a sense of, like, worth. You think you're the dopest. You think you're the smartest. You know, like, you have the best ideas. Like, just, you're firing. Like, you're on this high. It feels good, you know. But then you crash. And coming down from that, then you have depression, and then you're crying, crying one day and you're the coolest dude in the world the next, you know, or you're crying like, or you're like really bummed out for a few days. Like these like hyper hypomania is like what I would get, you know? I mean, I came up with a lot of like cool ideas from that and whatnot, but like the depression like wasn't worth it and the anxiety and just like could not like handle shit, you know? Um, 
Yeah, so I went and saw somebody and uh, figured out some medication to take, some uh, mood stabilizer, something to help me sleep. And I'll say it's... So it's like you either can take... Um, there might be another one now. And then to sleep, it's not to fall asleep, it's to stay asleep. So before, like... When I was like freaking out and like I was like I need to see somebody, didn't no matter what what I did, what I drank, smoked, like take Xanax, like I was lay in bed from like two a.m. to like four a.m. not sleeping, just losing my mind. Like why the fuck can't I sleep? Finally fall asleep, wake up two hours later, and I couldn't go back to sleep, and I'm just so drained. Like I'd be, I just like start crying because I couldn't fucking fall asleep. Like you need that rest. And, uh, so yeah, I'm like super glad I got help. Kind of fucks you up for like a week or so, like as you're getting used to the medication, but it saved me like a hundred percent. Like my life, like quality of life, quality of like my brain is like way better, you know, I'm in like a way better place. So, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're struggling and you're suffering, like nobody should have to suffer. Like there's ways around it and. When I first, like, did it, like, I kind of thought, like, medication was, like, taboo. Like, fuck, I don't need medication. I'm a man, you know. Like, I can handle this on my own. But I'm so glad I did because my life is it's a lot better with it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, don't be afraid to get help. Don't be afraid to take medication. If you think your friend's, like, you know, look at you different, like, maybe just don't tell them, or, like, tell your closest friends, you know, like, you know, your homie should know, and then another thing is, like, I I hear about how people don't talk about mental health with their friends, my friends are, like, the first people I talked about, even before, like, I went and got the medication, so it's, like, weird to me that people don't talk about it, but, like, don't be afraid to talk about how you're feeling, like, yo, like, you could be losing your mind, like, let somebody know. It's not like it's going to, like, they're going to talk you through it. They're going to be weirded out. Be like, whoa, okay, that's kind of crazy. Um, and then I remember it was gnarly, though, because it's like all of a sudden you got three pill bottles and it's time to start taking them. Like, I I was crying. Like, I, like, I broke down. I'm like, I can't believe I'm about to do this. Like, what the fuck? All these pills. Like, dude, like, you know, like, never saw myself in that spot. Like, I thought it was fucked up. Like, dude, this sucks. I'm about to start. I'm going to start this medication, but it's, like, the best thing I've done in the last 10 years. And I think I'm, like, 9, 10 years into it now. So I'm fully at peace, and before that I wasn't. And not everyone's balanced the same chemically, and yeah. you need the pills to get the balance right, and and you yeah. shouldn't have to suffer, just like you're saying. If people have the problem, you got to see the doctor. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends. They probably see you're being manic up and down, and... Yeah, and like, know what's going on. And, like, bipolar, like, a lot of, like, special people were bipolar. Like, Steve Jobs. Wow. Bipolar, OCD as fuck, you know, and I'm super OCD, like, you know, particular. Everything, like, you know, meticulous things here, things that, you know, like, so, like, it can be, like, a strength for you that you can, like, feed off of. Because that's where a lot of my ideas have come from, mania, like all these like crazy ideas, you know, and you think your idea is so sick, then you might wake up the next day and be like, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, like 
I was that's so funny you brought that up. I was like literally thinking the same thing about so many people that have created so much great music. Yeah. Video parts, doesn't matter what it is. It, it's like they, they all are suffering from the same situation you're yeah. going through. One of the things I wanted to add too is like, I think that if you have are prescribed anything, if you have to take any prescription pills that help you in a way that, that these mm-hmm. do your friend, nobody cares. That's the other thing too. It's like, nobody, nobody gives a shit. You know what I mean? Like your friends, yeah. at least your friends don't care. I, I don't know. So I think that's a port, like an important footnote is mm-hmm. like, yeah, they just people just care that you're okay more than anything. Your yeah. friend just wants you to be happy and be yeah. in a good. There's mental definitely space. been people either caught off guard or like they didn't care. They're like, "Oh hell yeah, good for you," you know. Mm-hmm. But like you worry about what people are gonna think about that, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like it's taboo. You hear people talk all the time. I don't need pills. Yeah, whatever. Totally. And then with that, it's like pretty simple. But I think like. With like antidepressants, I think that's tough for some people because there's so many different ones, and it takes a while to get like the right formula type of thing. Like you have to go through this, stop taking this one, start taking this one, take these two. St- you know, like it gets pretty tech. So like with other conditions, like I think it's really hard for people to find the right medication. So, but with the bipolar, like it's a mood stabilizer. It keeps me Even. keeps me level. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still get like. Still get highs and lows or whatever, but it's a little bit more mellow. Yeah, we were talking know. last night. You see Kanye, you can look at his Twitter account, and you can know when he's manic or when he's depressed. And when he's off his meds. Yeah, when he's off his <laughs> meds, you can tell. He's an asshole. He's going to ruin every relationship. <laughs> yeah, he's going crazy. Or he's going. He's on a high, and he's running for president. Let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you can see it in some of your friends sometimes, too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of bipolar people are geniuses, so. Yeah. Anyone out there is listening is bipolar. Like, use that to like your advantage because you're special. Like, you're different than other people, and the creativity comes from it. You know, like, I'm a pretty creative person. My brain's a little different. You know, it's sick. It's created some. So, like, I like it. Graphics. I'm proud. Like, to be bipolar. Mm-hmm. You know, that's dope. So, you know, there's a footnote thing that I think is really important to talk about too. Is like, um. You know, as Robert Greene, my favorite author, put it, it's like we have the, our our dark side or our shadow side, you know. And and a lot of times people try to hide these things and bury them and, like, make sure people don't find out. You're like, oh, I like to sleep in. You know, some people yeah. might come on here and be like, no, I just, uh, 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 I like, it's like, no, you like to sleep in. And it's, that's fucking awesome. That's who you are. You're not you're not denying mm-hmm. who you are. That's, you're just like, this is what I'm into. You're like, and I, I'm bipolar. I'm not going to try to, like, sweep that under the rug where people don't, this is who I am. And yeah. I think that that, the, the one thing I want to highlight is the more that you can take these things that, that, and just accept who you are, the good or like that, not any of it's necessarily bad. I have tons of bad traits. I'm working on them, but I know they're there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that in that being totally honest with your self analysis and being like, this is who I am is yeah. something that I think more people can take a page out of. I I respect the fucking hell out of it. I think it's it's like it's yeah. such a it's like a life hack. Is just like this is this is what you're you're comfortable with yourself, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And mm-hmm. even if it's none of it's really bad or ugly, but I'm just saying, yeah, it's it's um, it's admirable. I just want to take the thank and, you. And I think more people yeah. could take a page out of the book. There. And that's probably why I'm so like particular about my days. Yeah, because like I want to be in like the best mental state. You know, like I have some wild days and like 
something's all weird about this, like this or that, like get upset. Then I get home. I'm like, fuck, I'm pissed, but I went snowboarding, but why am I pissed? You know? So like if the day goes how I want to, I'm happy, (laughs) you know? So, but it's easy to like, it's easy to kind of like get all like fucking crazy. So I'm careful with that. Yeah. Take the necessary steps to Mm -hmm. be in the right state of mind. Overstimulation or whatever. Like the bomb hole cup was like super fun, but it like, fucked with me my anxiety because i'm like i talked to so many people and like they knew who i was i'm like but what did i talk about like what did they say you know like just running this shit through my head but like if i just kicked it with a couple of homies that day like I'd be completely calm <laughs> you mm-hmm. know and that show was fun thanks for having me yeah that was thanks for coming yeah that thank was you huge for coming well let's just stay on let's stay on this um this kind of wavelength too because i know that you went through a super super hard situation in your life when you lost your mom too right mm-hmm that must have been yeah. Hard. That was like a almost a string of events. Well, yeah, we can go there, but there's something before that too. But the accident. Before yeah, that? we'll talk about that. We don't even have to talk about. It. I got blasted by some dude. We can go my body logical, but no, we'll go. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's start there. What happened at Snowbird when you got fucking destroyed? Well, I was just cruising down the hill pretty slow, and all of a sudden, I get broadsided t-boned by this dude going super fast i was kind of by some trees i was like looking down i hear his oh boom and the people that saw it said that we like flew like 15 feet i hit a tree on like my back spin around fly down the cat track and somehow i'm like hanging off of the cat track the other dude hit his leg on it after i hit it you know and he flipped down the hill and he's like screaming so some people like went to him because I wasn't screaming because my lung was collapsed. Like, I couldn't I couldn't breathe, hardly, you know? And, like, I finally, like, got up. And, like, once I, like, stood up, I'm like, oh, I'm so strong. Like, I've had a slam like this before. Like, in Russia, like, I was coughing up blood. I didn't think anything of it, you know? Like, I felt this before. Like, everything hurts. Get the toboggan. Go to the clinic. They ask me, like, what hurts? I'm like, Here 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 like the front or the back or the inside i'm like the whole it through my whole body like the whole thing like it just wrecked me because i think i caught the tree like on just to the right of my spine um and i was gonna like go home a little bit in a little bit but i started coughing up blood so they're like you have to go to the hospital like really i've coughed up blood before (laughs) you know like (laughs) i should be fine but it got the full CAT scan or whatever, and turns out I lacerated my liver, my kidney, my lung. Lung was collapsed. At the end of it, I ended up losing like an eighth of my kidney. It bruised every single rib, like front and back, like my right side. You know, like how you bruise a rib up here or you bruise a rib back here. Every single one of them. Bruised my sternum, probably kind of like re-separated my... AC, my neck was fucked, my back was fucked, maybe even hurt my knee type of thing. But like you make it through that and you're like, I'm I'm strong, you know, like I'm tough, I can do this, you know. And then as the time goes on, like I started getting like PTSD about like driving on the freeway. Like I couldn't drive on the freeway because I think someone's just gonna fly out of nowhere and nail me. You know? I remember going to Big Bear with you and just the people on the slope. 
Oh yeah. You were it's, like, I'm I can't do this. There's just yeah, too many people. Swivel. Yeah, like there's too many people on the slope right now. Like this is not cool. And then probably like a month later, like I realized that like I realized it was a n- near death experience. The dude had a helmet on, his helmet hit me or something, or like because he said he put his arms up. And this dude like so I'm like six two. This dude was like six one. But he weighed like sixty, like sixty more pounds than me, or something. Like at the time, I was maybe like one sixty, and the dude was like, "Oh shit, he had like seventy pounds on." Him. You think of the he was like two thirty five, and like yeah, just he was like built, a linebacker. Like, yeah, he was like muscle guy, like big muscly dude that I like, can barely turn a fucking snowboard, just flying down the hill, not yeah. being able to stop. He saw me, but I think he couldn't stop. When it snowbird, there's the slow areas with yeah. the fast areas melted together pretty yeah. much and they're supposed to slow down but yeah. this guy didn't he just linebacked you and i did say i haven't been to the gym since high school but i did put in like 30 pt visits physical therapy we, don't ca- we won't count that on you won't count that as a gym. i was working out <laughs> it sounded like you kind of had a dead lung from the incident that collapsed lung collapsed like lung. small pneumothorax and lacerated or whatever so i spent the night in the hospital and whatever tried to quit smoking Lasted for a little bit. Was on that gum. <laughs> that N- Nicorette gum. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was like, it's kind of trippy to like think that it was like a near death experience where like I didn't think anything of it at the time. I was like, oh, I got blasts. I'm fine. You know, but then maybe PTSD happens like once you're like, fuck, I could have died. And it kind of changes like perspective on things. 100%. I don't know if you've had like near death experiences. It's like, yep. you know, changes makes you, you think a different way. Yeah. Not like necessarily changes you, but like maybe like your mindset on things. Yeah, it changes how you think about certain situations. Yeah, are you going to react to them? Mm-hmm. Like any shit can happen or whatever. So I do even still like kind of have like a fear of like bad shit happening. You know, if I go up there, like maybe this could happen. I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're going about your day, and all of a sudden you just get plowed by some giant dude going 100 miles per hour. That's probably stretches too much. This is his problem. Yeah, that guy probably stretches a lot. I think he's going, he's probably going 30, 35 miles yeah. an hour. Yeah. That's no joke. So then to fast forward, and then right after that situation, you lost your mom. Yeah, like a few years later. Yeah, they my parents would go to Mexico like at least once a year. I remember telling somebody too, like, like it's kind of sketchy. Like they're not going like fully tourist spots because it's like my dad's like fully fluent in spanish so they could kind of go whatever they found their zone but like they'd be there in like monsoons or like it's like it always seemed kind of sketchy to me it's like well dude one day like what if my parents don't come back from mexico and i thought that like i said that to somebody like a week before that happened i remember you saying that to me at some point and i text my dad i was like hey you guys still coming home tomorrow he's like we might be here for a while your mom's sick and i'm like Okay, you know, you get sick in Mexico, maybe bad stomach or something like that. Oh man! And then, so I was like, like I'm gonna go snowboarding. We'll, f- we'll figure this out. Like, she's gonna be fine. And then I had this weird feeling like we better fucking go home. And uh, before I could even get like my boots off, like my dad called me. I'm like, no. got the news. She's dead. She got her heart surgery the year before. So I think like. One of the valves got infected or something like that. That was like the, you know, you could probably imagine it's like the worst day of your life. You know, 
never heard shittier news ever. And, uh, yeah, it was super tough, but I think almost like the first thing I thought was like, wow, my life changed. Like my life's never going to be the same and you can go about it one way or the other. But like I accepted, it's like, okay, everything changed except the fact that I can mourn past that, you know? And, uh, yeah, had a lot of good friends to like be there, help me through it, be there for me or whatever. And they're, they're in Mexico. So it took four days for my dad to get her back, you know, like huge process interviews, what happened, you know, like kind of like you're in a foreign country, like they're going to be asking questions, you know? So that was like pretty much the hardest day of my life. But then I realized I still had to face my dad coming home without her. And that was like the most fucked up shit. Cause it's like, it's finally hitting me. My dad is home and my mom's not there. That was like, that was definitely the worst fucking day of my life. So shit like that happens and it kind of makes like all the other bullshit easier to deal with is what I thought. It's like, this is going to make me stronger. This is going to make me like be able to deal with like other fucked up shit that is going to happen in the future, you know, but I already went through the worst thing. There might be worse shit after that, but like I'm prepared, you know, like some real, like this happens, this happens. Oh, well fucking deal with your parent, deal with one of your parents dying. Like the rest of the shit's easy, you know, whether, yeah. That makes sense. No, hundred percent. When it happened you out know? of nowhere, fast and yeah, I didn't like when they went to Mexico. I wasn't planning on my mom dying. Yeah, not she coming was back, totally healthy you know? when she left, right? And it's yeah, you it had to be fucked, there after dude. for your dad too because it was his soulmate. I mean, it was a really mm -hmm. tough time. And you see all these people, and they're like, "How you doing?" And like, the only thing I could think of is like, "Dude, fucking sucks." Like, fucking sucks. I can't think of any other way to put it. You know. Thanks for asking, but fucking sucks. So, R.I.P. Mama Lung. Do yeah, you have gunshots? You got 20 gunshots? You should give, <laughs> give her the full the, big air horn, the super air horn. Let dude, she was up. such a legend, too. Like, everybody somebody <laughs> fucking loved her. I've never heard that combo. We kind of oh, just there were gunshots in there. Huh? We oh, did there gunshots, a, super gunshot, air horn, yeah. applause. That we actually just cooked up something new. Yeah, that, was, that was some. That was like the twenty-one gun bomb hole salute. Right yeah, there. that was. They yeah. had a special thing for it at Snowbird, correct? Yeah, and top. she was like so loved up there, like legend. Like she made other people's lives better up there because she ran mountain operations. Um, dude, in the funeral, like, um. Like the viewing, there wasn't a viewing, it wasn't an open casket, but it's the cemetery below Smith's, and people like were parking in the neighborhoods, like the parking filled up, all the bangle filled up, so people were parking like blocks down in the thing, and there was like a line, wow, pretty much out to the street, and it's like a big cemetery, you it's know, it's big, like, it's huge. There was over 600 people that came to like see us, you know, Pay respects, and it's crazy, like shit like that happens it's like you kind of you ever see people like become like super funny and like crack a joke because it's like depression or whatever the people like put a smile on you know they don't know how to act so i was like 
I don't know. I feel like I was kind of funny during those times too. Like told my friend, it's like, yeah, man, my mom touched a lot of people. And tonight all those people touched me <laughs> because like they give you hugs and shit. <laughs> you hug 600 people. <laughs> Got like 600 hugs and yeah. handshakes. I'm like, my mom touched all these people. And then they touched me tonight. <laughs> That's good. That's quick thinking. And then, like, the funeral, there was, like, over 500 people. So, like, that made me feel good that, like, you know, there's a lot of fucking people That's for a lot funeral. of people, yeah. It's huge. Yeah. She helped a lot of people, and people love her. And I'd sit next to the bar, like, up at Snowbird with, like, friends or people that know her, and, like, they'd start crying, and it's just like, fuck, sorry, dude. You know, because they'd look at me, and they'd think about my mom, and she was, like, a huge staple in Snowbird type of thing so i didn't cry it's tight <laughs> <laughs> and now you and your pops are neighbors yeah for sure so like probably six months after that happened like i was living with them at the time and uh six months later the house behind us went up for sale and uh you guys have been eyeing that thing for a little while right yeah for sure we yeah. were always gonna get it um so we realized it would be a good idea to get that because my dad's not getting any younger and he's going to need somebody to take care of him. So like, whatever, 70 now probably won't like, you know, like he's got like 10 years before it's like on like super watch, you know, but if, and it has helped like some shit has like, he had a really hard time with it and I had to like, like help him out, but I can just like run through the gate and be like, dad, what's wrong? You know? So like in the future, it's going to be super easy. Like I don't have to drive, even if you had to drive 10, 15 minutes to like go help someone out, it's a lot easier than being able to just to be there. So like he has comfort in me being there too. Like I can kind of see if his lights on, he can see if my lights on, you know? So like he can see my lights on and like he has comfort knowing that like somebody's like super close by. So that's like the long run plan, you know, like we're like, yeah, I got my dad's back for like the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And I'm right there for it. And, like, I owe him fucking everything in the world, you know? So That's special. That's cool. Earlier, mm-hmm. you were also talking about when you were collecting boards, you were, like, neglecting family. It seems like maybe you made a, like, shift on prioritizing family. After my mom died, I realized that so many times, like, at dinner, like, fucking ignoring her, like, looking for boards, you know? Mm-hmm. Sucks to, like, regret that kind of shit. But, Yeah. <laughs> That's good advice for people, though. Like, you got to know when you're being a being a jerk, maybe, you're at dinner on your phone. Well, like, collectors. Talk like, to your people, man, you know? It becomes, like, an obsession. Yeah. You know, like, almost to, like, obtain, like, all that shit that I have, you kind of have to be obsessive about yeah. it. There's a million obsessions you know? for people that they can. Upsell, uptrade, like, buy yeah. this board, sell it for this much so I can buy that board, and then, like, you know, it's like a full buy sell trade type of thing it's a lot of work and i was actually making money like yeah there's plenty of times i made a thousand bucks off of one board or something like that oh i know that board's worth a thousand bucks i'll go buy it for a hundred bucks or whatever you know so at the end of the day though that time with your loved ones can be more important but that's kind of like where that came from like i felt bad like you know you lose somebody and you like you play everything through your head it's like fuck i was kind of like I should have paid more attention. And I not like I never paid attention to her, but mm-hmm. there's plenty of times where I should have been like more present for her, you know? So 
Yeah. Losing somebody's good for reevaluating your life and seeing what's important. Yeah. Yeah, that's there's a lot there's a lot of good that can come with with the bad. And that shit will make you tough. You 100%. know, like it made me stronger. It made me like more legit, like you know, in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, and like my, I've had friends say that too. It's like, dude, I'm so proud of you for like how you handled that. Like you became like so strong. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Mama Lung, dude. Her Instagram name is like she'd call herself Mama Lung. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, she's proud of it. She was like, she was like overly proud of me. Like she thought I was like way sicker than I thought I was. <laughs> you know, like, she'd brag about me to like all her friends. I'm like, mom, you don't got much to brag about really. You know? Like my career's been gone for fucking ever. <laughs> but no, she just loved it. So and that's like what a lot of her friends told me. And it's like they just be like, She loved you so much. Like whatever, you know? So we were pretty tight. It's a heavy loss, but I yeah, she's just, she lives on, you know. Mm-hmm. You get to sure. see how special somebody was when you go to their funeral, and you also see what's important in life when you go to a funeral. You're like, oh shit, that mm-hmm. perspective shift is fucking huge. The like the, you said, the staring at the phone, yeah, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, some wild shit. But then, yeah, then it seems like shit kind of kept happening. But it's like, well, uh, I don't know. So it's like, what happened? My grandma died, and then less than a year. My mom died, and then, like, six months later, my great-uncle died, and then my dad was, he needed help, and that shit was really hard to deal with, and then J2 died, and I'd go from the hospital to see J2, and then I'd go see my dad in detox, and then I'd go home, and then the next day, actually, I couldn't see my dad in detox every day that he was there, but... Yeah, he it almost killed him too. I hope he's not bummed. I'm talking about this because he is gonna listen. But well, the good news is, is no, like I was like I was caretaker. Like I took him to the hospital multiple times and like thinking he was gonna die and I was gonna have no parents. You know, so it was like super stressful. But all the shit that's happened to me has made me a stronger person. Mm -hmm. So it's like fuck, throw anything at my way, and (laughs) you know I got it. You know. But your dad came out the other side. Oh, he's, he's good doing and like great. Yeah, he didn't ski last year, and uh, but he ski. He's been skiing like as much as I've been snowboarding. Almost like some weeks he gets more days than me, which is super sick. And like I can go ski with him now. We can share that, and he's like super hyped. Like, yeah, it's good. He's he's, he's doing so good now. He hasn't <laughs> drinking in like he's probably nine months sober. Wow, that's a f- yeah. That's the hardest. First, the first or the hardest. Yeah, that's yeah. badass. And he has no desire to like. I'm pretty sure like he's gonna stay sober and like on his shit because he was always like athletic and in shape. Like he would ride his bike to like. He worked like in the Hogle Zoo, zoo area, like that. Whatever commercial, all those like buildings. Mm-hmm. He lived there or worked there forever, and he would ride his bike to work. From my place. That's wow. that's a long fucking way. You know? Yeah, it's like from the bird canyon all the way to the university pretty much. Yeah. That's and heavy. When he was younger, he'd ride there and back. And then as he got older, he would drive there and then ride his bike back home. And then the next day he'd ride his bike to work and then drive home. You know, like do that whole like he'd shuttle himself kind of thing. So he was always in like such good shape, it like sucked to see him like withering. Like 
dad you're not you're not old you're not old enough to be like this yet you know like you still got years and so he he pulled through and he's like i fucking owe everything to like my dad and my mom so shout out give him an air horn yeah. that's amazing shout out well let's uh let's change gears for a hot second here dad lung so there's mom lung and there's dad lung <laughs> oh dad lung yeah. dad lung. dad lung dad lung needs a super air horn yeah. so it's fine let's yeah he's so legit <laughs> Some wicked combinations going on. Yeah, we're kind of getting today. crazy with this. Yeah. Oh, and and my lady's mom died like a year before my mom died, so we've been through a lot of shit you guys together. Have been through the ringer. Yeah, that'll bring you guys closer. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Right? Having a pretty good run though. Like we're we're on a we're on a good roll. Good up roll. Yeah, we'll keep it going. That's a perfect segue for a question I have from none other than Aaron Bittner. Here we go. Yo, Lungy, what up? It's Bittner. Hyped on this podcast, man. Looking forward to hearing it. Got a couple questions for you, bro. First off, what was your favorite album or track to blast in your room to get yourself hyped and annoy your roommates sometimes? <laughs> and uh, second, what track do you think you've listened to the most in your life if you had to pick one? And on the music topic as well, tell us a story about Amelie and the significance that had when we all lived together. All right, bro. Much love. Give everyone at the bomb a high five for me. Peace. Um, Three-part music question. The Millie. Amelie will start there. Um, cheeseburger always slept a little bit longer than us. And we would just... We had like those kicker speakers or something and like while he was sleeping like we'd get up and be like burger's still fucking sleeping like just blast a millie and burger would wake up and he'd come out of his room a millie a millie a millie (laughs) and then to annoy the roommates like i'm thinking he might be thinking of like i was kind of on a slayer kick and i would just play like rain and blood or like something like super fucking loud and like i'd wake up in the morning and like put that on to like snap out of it and like oh like <laughs> most track i ever listened to though that's tough it's got to be like a big ear nwa or wu-tang song those are the three most heavily played for sure that's dope when we'll call it we'll call it wu-tang album most played of all time for sure the Thir- first wu-tang yeah and yeah. 36 chambers i'd hope so I was listening to it last night, so, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I played the record, like, last week, so. Yeah, we'll go Wu-Tang. Solid answer. Slayer to annoy the roommates. A Millie to wake Cheeseburger up, because he, like, lived upstairs. And uh, all sorts of shit. Like, we would just play, like, annoying-ass music insanely loud to wake up a roommate. He loved it. He didn't. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, he, when they lived with uh, MFM, or they lived in MFM's house, like out in Sandy, Cottonwood Heights area, and there was a pool table in the garage, but Cheeseburger's room was above the garage, and he had to like work early in the morning, and like we weren't working. We just play music super loud and play pool all night, two in the morning or something. And one day we like go down, like one day after riding, like we go in the garage go to turn on music speakers are gone <laughs> like cheeseburger like, he took them 
Cheeseburger took the speakers and the stereo out of the garage so he couldn't listen to music anymore and, like, hit him. <laughs> That's a bold move for MFM's house. Oh, yeah, you didn't he live there. He wasn't living That's there. That's right. Okay. But, yeah, we were annoying enough that Burger just took the music away. That's <laughs> sick. All right, let's get into a guest question. Uh, this particular guest question is presented by Mountain Dew. So uh, this one's from Mountain Dew team rider Danny Davis. Here we go. Oh, way. Who has the best method in snowboarding? Could be 30 years ago, could be today. Go. You. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, that's a great answer. Mickey Albin. Mickey Albin? Yep. I love Mickey Albin. Um, Palmer, Roach, Terrier, Jamie, um, and me. Are you a method <laughs> between the binding guy? I go in between the bindings for but sure. It sounds like you like both type of methods though, huh? Yeah. Done tastefully. Yeah. I don't like the super like Euro arch, back arch, like... Like back too arched, you're not going with that. Yeah, I don't like the arched back methods. The Chris Roach melon to method is. Mm, yeah, that's a, nice. I feel like you have a good like hold melon and then kick it. Mm-hmm. And I think like when you grab in between the bindings, like you have more leverage to kick your back foot out and also to like get your back foot higher. Like if you're grabbing in front of the nose, like your tail might be kind of sagging a little bit. But like if you're in between, you got like hella leverage to like fully crank it. Mm-hmm. You know. But damn, Danny Davis method, switch method. Really good method. Yeah. You've got long arms, which really helps. Yep. People are like, I can't grab anymore. I'm old. It's like, so am I. (laughs) Your arms are like six feet longer than a lot of people. Oh, and I I think I did like a bonk, and I did do a bonk, and Blotto's like, man, you must have been doing yoga. I'm like, never. (laughs) (laughs) Not a day. All right, let's get into hot takes. Uh, Now, dead lung. Uh, first things first, we always ask this to every single one of our guests, the MJ or goat, uh, greatest of all time snowboarding, both male and female, who you got? Well, that's one thing that's very hard to decide, but I'm going to go ahead and say Bjorn Linus for for my MJ. I love that answer. We haven't had it and I love it. Let's hear why. He was one of the best snowboarders of all time at the time. He's still shredding super hard. Um... He did everything. He was good on rails, jumps, park jumps, big lines, um, half pipe, insane half pipe rider. And his style was like insane. Like I, I was like, like the Euro dudes growing up, like snowbird background. Like you like seeing like the free ride shit and like whatnot. And like Bjorn's style was like a cross between like European and like hip hop, like just the flavor he had, like, and also like, I saw him, like, ride Snowbird, like, before I really knew him, you know? It was just, like, him and Eric were, like, gods, you know? Like, so, like, growing up, like, Bjorn was, like, the dude. And it was, like, it was such a trip, too, like, riding with him. And, like, it still is, like, when I get a text, like, he texted me, like, yesterday or two days ago, like, gonna ride tomorrow? And every time I get a text from him to go ride, I'm, like, this is still a trip. Like, <laughs> like dude, Bjorn Linus is, like... I never would have thought when I was younger that, like, 20 years later, like, Bjorn would be hitting me up to go snowboard. So that's fucking sick. Like, mad props to him. I think he's one of the greatest of all time. It's sick, too, how it's like he'll hit big shit in the streets. He's going to do the biggest gap in the backcountry. Then he'll do a line and he'll hit a cliff. ATV yeah. right there. Good Super answer. ATV. Yeah. Bjorn's what about man. your female? Victoria Jealous back in the day. She kind of pioneered, like, 
style on big mountains and kind of was one of like the first you know i don't know in my eyes and there is one i'm fucking forgetting but we'll go victoria jealous for oh, sure amazing uh best board graphic ever made that would be my I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the flying nug the flying nugs no, no. that's a good answer uh, yeah. i'm just gonna keep saying <laughs> no but it's uh it's the 95 brushy cruising and the top sheet was kind of like a throwback of the cruiser or something from mm-hmm. the 80s. It was his first board. But the best part about it to me is the base is like a full graffiti burner. Mm-hmm. It's like a blue base with like this white, like super technical thing that said brushy and just like the the graffiti on it, like fully inspired me. Like I ended up like in class, like middle school, high school, like pencil, like, you know, mapping out like all these burners or something like it inspired me i was like way into hip-hop too so it was like super rad to see like a graffiti like bass graphic and i even wrote it like last year on some like street spots like i'm gonna ride the brushy you know you don't really need, like if you're hitting like street shit it like, doesn't really matter what port you're on <laughs> you're just going straight and you're jibbing so um but that like, hands down that's like the best bass graphic of all time in my opinion Okay, next one is pant over the high backs or under, or pants tucked under the high back? Um, under, for sure. Um, back in the day, pants were, like, a little baggier, so you'd go over. And I remember uh, for a minute, though, I was going back foot inside the high back and front foot over the high oh, back. Oh, wow. And I got that from Eric Linus. But oh, I thought hybrid. that was fresh, you know, like one high back out, one high back covered. So, but definitely inside the high back. Dope. Uh, if you go heli boarding with three people in the world just for good times, who are you going with? Bradshaw, Lucas, and Dave Doman. Would wow. Be, would be fucking unreal. Can you imagine the vibe? Good yeah. vibe. That vibe would be insane. Heavy vibe. We got to make that happen. I mean, Sounds like the funnest day ever. Mm-hmm. Powder birds. Just, you and like it. Bradshaw would be so hyped, like, Cause that's kind of his like thing now, you know. And then like Lucas would be like a little bit out of his element, like not saying he's like not good or whatever, but like it would be something you never seen Lucas Strad before, you know. So that would be super fun. That'd be dope. Love it. That um, was my answer. Though. I remember that. What's your take for Beaver Slap? You d- you ever hit those in the lift line or no? Um. Well, I was always a tram baby, so tram our baby. shit was more like drag your board across the plaza mm-hmm. <laughs> edge drag that's the heavy vibe in edge the, drag in the the flex yep. big flex through you do got to get the, the board line off. too to the tram i do like a sideways kick you know to get the bo- mm-hmm. snow off or whatever but not the slap i never even really noticed it or whatever but i yeah i do notice if you do that lifties are kind of like they hear it they ain't rocking with it yeah, and like yeah. Now, la- last question we got worst trend well, how much time we got? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me see. I think we have about 23 hours of recording left on this. So, Oh, we got time then. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. No, I don't know. It's There's all sorts of shit. But Let's hear a couple. I don't know, dorking grabs. Like not doing a grab and like trying to make it like dope, but like doing a grab and like dorking it out, you know? Um, I've never heard that. But I like that. Yeah, dorking. Yeah. You see a lot of shit. See that with methods Dor- a lot. Dorked out. Yeah. Dorked out. A lot methods. of bad methods. Yeah. Um, I'm a firm believer in grabbing around your leg if you're going in between your feet. So grabbing between your knees. Mm, not Stink outside bug. the knee. Stink bug with a skateboarder would call it. Even if you're like 
got a good poke. I think a skateboarder would still call it a stink bug if your arm wasn't around your leg in between your feet. Um, uh, shitty music in videos. Like, there's like these super, there's these super like high production, like, <coughs> like high budget videos. And it seems to me that they, they just like found some like free trance songs and then just put the footage over to it. Like it's not even edited to the music. It's just like footage in this fucking weird song. Spend a million dollars on the movie and like the it takes like sucks. fully just takes away from all the snowboarding. It's like might have to go might have to go back in the day style and just put on my own soundtrack. <laughs> you know? But yeah, that shit bugs me. What else? Keep you got it all going. this fabulous footage, like why put a trance or like just some stupid like yeah. I don't know. I'm a pretty big critic on music though. Um and uh, I was just joking, you don't need that much time. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. You were flowing. Well, one thing we forgot to talk about uh, is Lungy Land, too. That was, uh, dude, how many episodes do you do? Like a shitload, right? Like 60 plus? Yeah, I think like 60. 60? It, may, it maybe ended on 60 okay. or something like yeah. that. It's a lot of episodes yeah. to turn out. Yeah. I used to put out just like one every like week or two or whatever. And they were like, some of them are short and whatever. But a lot of that was like showcasing music. You know, like, oh, this song's super fresh. I can, like, put it to some footage and, like, just put it out. Almost to, like, show people the song. You know, like, some, like, rare song that... So I've always, like, researched and, like, dug into, like, music to try to find, like, some sick shit. Like, samples that, like, rap songs used or something, you know? Um, And then... Yeah, what else? You filmed it. Well, just Lungyland. Like, the oh, concept. Yeah. Like, what the was phone. the concept? How? What did the name come from? What's it all about? The name came from, so I lived with uh, Justin Benny behind his garage, yet there was like a finished bedroom, mm-hmm. kind of like the sliding glass door, and it had it all set up, and the first time that J2 came over, he's like walking through the, I was like in the room, and he like walks up, and he's all, Lungy Land, <laughs> and like I'd never heard it before, and I'm like, hell yeah, I'm putting the sign up, you know, like tagged this like sign, Lungy Land put that up there so that kind of stuck and then i saw they were coming out with the ipod that filmed it's like i never wanted to like buy a big camera to like you know i couldn't really take it that many places but it's like damn i'm with i'm around like a lot of sick people all the time so i might as well get this like whatever's like 175 bucks like that thing's gonna be in my pocket i'll be listening to music i'll be able to film stuff with like crazy filter or whatever you know um yeah, just web series. I figured just make a bunch. It was fun, you know. Um, and then you asked where the name came from, but you also asked something else. I just, what was the concept behind it? But I think you kind of answered all my yeah. questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think yeah. we got it. So, yeah, those are awesome. Those I mean, there's, there's freaking 60 of them on the internet. So make sure you go watch those. And we can, we'll put some on the screen as you're talking. Yeah, we'll about links, them so link them up, too. Yeah. But one, one other thing we got to talk about, uh, too, is I know you're a gearhead. And let's talk about your setup. I know you got that Burton over there. What are you riding? What are your angles? What are your bindings? How do you set it up? Um, let's see. Well, I go lots of forward lean. Kind of need that at Snowbird, huh? Yeah, kind of. You can kind of just, like, relax against them, too. Like, if you're just cruising, it's like, oh, I'm just going to lean against my high backs, kind of like you'd lean against a table or something. <laughs> but then I got, like, super – so it's weird. Like, I got – pretty soft super loose boots like if i'm on my toe edge like for a while like my heels are this high off 
through my boot. Like I can almost take my feet out of my boots, like how loose they are. So I got like super loose, soft boots, but a lot of forward lean. Like you ride no forward lean, stiff boots, right? I ride a couple of clicks on my jump oh, okay. board, not on my rail board. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. Not helps. And then just growing up there, like always have had lots of forward lean. Um, I like having large bindings. I only have like, an, well, I'm not only, I have an 11 foot and a lot of people would ride like the medium binding. But when I put my foot in there, like I feel too trapped. Like my heel, like gets like wedged in there and like, then I'm riding, like I can't move my feet. Like this is too weird. Like I need like a lot of like play in motion because like I'll ride like with my ankles or like my toes or whatever. Um, Let's see. That's how you get all that pop. So this says like if you're familiar with Burton bindings, like this is like past F4, which is a lot. Like I'll tell people like, like yeah, I ride a lot of forward leans. So like F2, I'm like step up. I'm past F4, you know. And then width, it's like 23. Maybe I'll slide it out a tiny bit, get like that 23 and a 16th, <laughs> you know, just like to make sure it's not inside. Um, angles are um, 12, negative 6. So that's just one past nine and one before nine. And it used to be like one past, I think it used to be, I don't know, based off of that kind of um, knee surgery. I needed to get a little less angle. So that helped. Um. Yeah, this is a blotto graphic. It's a 159, which felt kind of big to me for a while because I've been riding like 55s, 56s or whatever. So that's the flight attendant. It's a really good board. I was riding, it's called the Blossom, which is like a twin custom that like Brock and Winkleman like designed together. And I was on a 55 for most of the year and it felt super good to be like on like a skateboard feeling thing again because i've been riding directional boards the last few years um and then another really good board like like next year i'll probably be on like a blossom 58 like step up from 55 because now that this 59 isn't feeling super huge anymore like more board is good if it doesn't feel weird to you um so I'd go like Blossom 58 and then Hometown Hero 160. And the Hometown Heroes, uh, it's a tapered board, a little early rise in the nose, so like it feels like surfy. It's like it's basically the board that won the natural selection last year. Like the whole the whole podium, like every single person was on the Hometown Hero. So I really like that board. Um before I was on those, I rode Danny's board, the Deep Thinker, which he was riding like at the Peace Park this last week. Like that shape is insane. Like for like if you like need a quiver killer, like I think that's like a good like board. Just, like if that's your one board, like that's the board. Like I've turned a lot of people onto that too, and they're like, like yeah, that's the shit, you know. And I haven't ridden one for a minute, so like I do need to go back to like whatever. But like I haven't really ridden a board from them that I don't like. You know, like, I can't, I think they make the best shit. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy you pay attention to the boards that were on the podium and what Danny was on last week. Well, it was obvious. I, n- I never look at that stuff. Really? But I, yeah. it's obvious, but I never, like, oh, all three boards were on the podium. I yeah. never put that together. But if you paid attention to, like, Burton stuff, you'd know, like, exactly mm-hmm. all those boards. But If you're a tech head. Yeah, and then, like, pants, like, <coughs> have to wear bibs. They got to be, like, that 3L. 
like super thin, whatever. So then they're good for the springtime. Springtime, you lose some pockets because your jacket comes off. Hoodie goes over it, but then you still got all those pockets inside. So have to be 3L bibs. It's like definitely a must. Jackets, I got to have a downfilled Gore-Tex jacket for most of the year. Like nobody wears that jacket because they'd just be cooking. <laughs> you know, like people call it like a easy bake toaster oven, but I dress to chill. <laughs> like I like, might be in the parking lot for a minute. You're going to need that down jacket. You know? True. So multiple weight jackets. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. What about goggles while you're on it? Goggles and boots. Cause you said you were particular about your boots. Which boots are you wearing? Um, they're the SLX Burton boots. Um, they are the most expensive boots they make, but I think that you get what you pay for, you know? Um, like the liner material, the shell material, like I've got like 70 days on them and they still feel like they're still good. I haven't even had to start tightening them extra. Cause you know, like as boots get older, you have to keep tightening them up. Like I haven't even got to that point yet. Mm -hmm. They're expensive, but like they're worth it. If you want a boot that's going to last you like a hundred something days, like that's the one. Um, oh yeah. And the bindings, they're the Malavitas, which is good. Um, I really like the ankle strap on them. They're like a thinner asymmetrical strap, so I can kind of get them higher up, like on like my ankle, because my boots are so loose that I gotta have like a high ankle strap that's gonna like hold it in. Yep, so you don't hot pocket your ankle yeah. and. And then goggles like some anons, like the M threes, they're comfortable on my face. Well, killer. So like all Burton shit. Yeah, Burton head to toe. Yeah, for sure. Base layers. I don't rock cotton. No cotton. Nothing really? like that. Cotton kills. I'll wear a cotton hoodie, but, like, I got, like, the tech underlayer, you know, to wick. So, yeah. Love it. Well, uh, we also got to know what's next. What's next for Deadline? Same shit I did last week. <laughs> Just keep it rolling. <laughs> yep. If, like, if nothing changes in my life, I'll be happy. Love so. that. All right, Long. Well, it's been a hell of a podcast. You know, before we wrap this thing up, you got to throw some thank yous out there if you'd like to. Well, the obvious, my parents... For the lifestyle that they brought me up into, I'm pretty lucky Like <clears throat> to be born in a neighborhood so close to the mountain. My parents worked up there. They pretty much were like wanted me to be on the hill because it's like a very special thing to do. Um, my lady, of course, my doggy, she wakes me up, smile on, my, on, her, on my face every morning. It's insane, and then, like, I have, like, such good friends. Like, I'm so happy with, like, the support from all the friends I have. There's, like, too, there's too many to name. And then my spot is just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, what? <laughs> Amazing. Well, killer, I want to... there's uh, nothing right there. Yeah, that's Thanks to Burton for sending me the shit, but, like, as far as sponsors go, I don't got any. Open real estate. Open yeah. real estate. Space for rent. Yeah, space that's for rent. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Could be, this could be you. Could be you up there. Yeah. Well, I love it, Long. Well, I, I want to say thank you for everything you've done for snowboarding. I love your passion and everything you yeah. contributed. And I want to say thank you for coming on to our show. It's been fun chatting. Thanks for having me. I figured I'd have a good time with you guys. It was kind of nerve-wracking at first. I straight up canceled, like panicked one morning. It's like panic canceled. It's kind of like hung over. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, no. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, I got to cancel. Then Eastone hits me up. He's like, yo, that's a bummer, dude, and calls me. I'm like, all right, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you came. Are you glad yes. you came? I'm 
very glad I came. Dope. Well, I also want to say thank you so much to all of our listeners, um, all of our Patreon members, all of our sponsors. I got to give a special thanks to Chinatown Paul. Yeah. He's edited every single one of these things, and he's been killing it, and he's the the guy behind the scenes uh, chopping these podcasts up for you. So special thanks to him. Thanks to all of our listeners, viewers. Uh, We really appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll have another podcast coming at you next week over and out from the bomb hole.